Giddy. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with River Brown, Andrew Velez, and John Carlos. This is now episode 125. In this episode, we're going to talk about the Knicks' big win over the Bulls, our most surprising teams along with the teams we're most worried about, Josh Giddy's big performance, the Wizards' great start, and superstars struggling. We know the new foul rules are in place, so we'll talk about that as well. I'm feeling amazing. Outside of this morning, this morning I caught the meanest cramp. It was like 10 in the morning. My legs started to cramp up. I was screaming in agony like, ah, I tried. I was punching my leg. I was punching my calf it's repeatedly. Like the worst thing you could do, bro. It is. Literally, I read somewhere that if you type of pain, yo. I read it. I read somewhere that if you punch your calf, the pain it goes away. Really? Yeah, okay. it goes away. So I started punching my calf, but then it got to a point where it hurt too much that I couldn't stand on it. Now, when I try to walk, I still have a limp on my you leg. Stretch a little bit. Anything? I did. I okay. did stretch. I, I still. Say. It hurts. It hurts really bad. But outside of that, my week has been great. The Timberwolves beat the defending champions, Milwaukee Bucks. That was my surprise team. Exactly. Josh they missed like jo- everybody. Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez. Stop it. Bobby Bobby Portis didn't play either. Oh, okay, but Giannis went crazy. He did. Yeah, one on okay. four. All right, whatever. Still, yeah, still a great win on Can't the road. Josh Giddy had a great performance. He did, man. Giddy up. You know, he's been amazing. I know Riv, he, well, when we talk about that, just watch and see. And the Knicks beat the Bulls. Oh, yeah, my. Rough, gosh. rough couple of nights. And for let, you, let, right? let's start. <laughs> Let's start. It would have. It wouldn't have been as worse as it was if the Warriors didn't lose the yeah, way they did. Nah, you had an all time like, oh. stinker. Uh, the Hawks lost too. I was like, damn, bro. Let's start with the Knicks and Bulls topic. Okay. Okay. I was thinking about letting Riv talk first, but you know what? I don't think the audience wants to hear that because at all he's been saying the entire offseason, even when the Knicks started winning that, oh, Evan, for all this other stuff, he's talking a lot of bullshit about the Knicks. They want to hear the truth. They want to they want to hear somebody speak the truth. And that's what I'm on this podcast to do, to speak the truth and be honest. The Knicks beat the Bulls 104 to 103. It should have been a blowout win. But the Knicks intentionally tried to lose the game at the end there. I didn't know what happened. Even my boy Novel Thoughts in the Discord was like, don't jinx us because he knew the game was getting close. And I, I'll be honest, I stopped watching after two minutes left in the game because I thought the Knicks had it in the bag. The Knicks are 4-1. I woke up today with the Knicks being the first seed in the Eastern Conference. And I'm going to say this. Two episodes ago, I said the Knicks floor is a third seed. My boy Mikey on Twitter was like, you don't even believe that take. And then when I read that tweet, I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm not sold on that completely yet. The Knicks just embarrassed Philly. We beat Boston in double OT. We just beat Chicago, the undefeated Chicago Bulls. The Bulls are back. We just beat Philly, Chicago, Boston. The Knicks are the best team in the Eastern Conference. There's no debate. No debate. We are the best team in the Eastern Conference. The Nets are struggling. The Milwaukee Bucks don't have Drew Holiday or Brooke Lopez. Just to, I'm not talking about the playoffs. I'm talking about regular season right now. The Knicks are the best team in the Eastern Conference. Our floor Miami. is the third seed. I think we're better than Miami right okay, now. Okay. Yeah, Our floor is a third seed, and we'll finish with the top three seed in the East. We have the players. We have the bench. The Knicks are just great all around. And to talk about that Bulls game, all I heard this offseason from Rivers is that Kemba Walker is washed. He is washed. Kemba Walker is washed. He had 21 points. He hit five threes. This is his second game in the road hitting five threes. 
he's getting paid $8 million. Your $80 million point guard Alonzo had a measly six points. Mm -hmm. He shot one for six from the three. Mm -hmm. That was your spark. That was your engine. And all offseason, I said Lonzo Ball will be a spot-up shooter in Chicago. Well, guess what? This year's spot-up frequency is at 43%. Last year, it was at 36% with the Pelicans. He's be, he's more of a spot-up shooter with the Bulls than he was with the Pelicans. I know from time to time he runs the offense. I'm not denying that. But for the most part, he's just standing still. Fans are getting annoyed with his non-aggressiveness because that's who he's always been. He's not a star. I've said it before. He's not a star. Randall had a bad shooting night, but still managed to play great. 16 boards, 9 assists. Evan Fournier, I heard all offseason, he was a cone. He played some solid defense, you know. He he gave effort. I, I was told that the re losing Reggie Bullock was a huge loss. And Alfred Fan, I, I was told <laughs> I was told Reggie Bullock was a huge loss, and Evan Fournier was barely an upgrade. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> Teams are now finding out that you can't blitz Randall like Atlanta did in the playoffs. The Bulls tried to blitz Randall. Yeah, he didn't have the best shooting night, but guess what? We got snipers. We got snipers. We got snipers. We got Fournier out there. We got R.J. Bear. We got Kemba, who's hitting five threes. We got Derrick Rose. We got Quickly. Obi's is better from three as well. Burks. We got Alec Burks is amazing. <laughs> we got snipers. Teams can't collapse on Randall because we can shoot the ball. We're one of the best teams right now in terms of three-point shooting in the entire NBA. And R.J. Barrett, man, boy, oh, boy. I said it before. I said it on the podcast a couple episodes ago. He's not going to have the breakout season in a sense. He's going to average 23 points per game. He's going to average 16 to 18. But every night, he's going to play all NBA defense. That possession against DeMar DeRozan locked him down. And you know what he said in his press conference? He was like, I've seen that pump fake because I used to watch Toronto all the time. I'm from Toronto, so I knew it was coming. And before you go, Riff, because I know no, you're, no, you think, I know you're, I know you're Josh Giddy to go right now. <laughs> through five games, like, through five games, RJ Barrett's field goal percentage when he's on, or opponents' field goal percentage when RJ Barrett's guarding them, thirty-one percent is the best slash lowest among NBA wings who defend at least twelve shots per game. PJ Tucker's twenty-nine percent. You know I love PJ Tucker. Is the best for wings who defend ten plus shots and. Let's just talk okay. about R.J. Bear's defense according to NBA.com stats tracking on Jason Tatum. Three for 16, 18%, nine points, and 55 possessions. Zach Levine, three for five, three turnovers, 12 points, and 37 possessions. Jalen Brown, two for seven, 28%, four points, and 16 possessions. R.J. Barrett is an all-NBA defender. Wait, wait, read those Zach stats for me again? Three for five. Three for five, 60%, three turnovers. So RJ forced three turnovers, and Zach had 12 points on 37 possessions. And our, you know, watching the game, RJ Barrett's screen navigation was very good against the Bulls and Zach Levine. His pick and roll defense was amazing. No, we're, we're here, we're here on that. We're RJ on. Barrett has become an all NBA defender. And who knew that just three years into his career, his biggest knock was shooting that. He's actually, he's a 3 and D player. You know, some Knicks fans have been debating that it's not good. We want RJ to be more involved. The fact that RJ has become a proficient three-point shooter and an all-NBA defender in year three is very inspiring. 
I love the Knicks win. I said it, and I said it before I say it again. We are the team to beat in the Eastern Conference. Playoffs, I'm not looking at that yet. I'm talking about the regular season solely. Right now, we are the best team in the East. We are the number one seed, and we are here. Bing bong. We are here. You done? Bing bong. Are you done? I'm done. You can go. <laughs> uh, Bing Bong, where you get that from? <laughs> that's that's the next slogan. Yes, oh, for real? That's, that's our bong. slogan this year, bro. Okay. That next video where all, everyone goes oh, okay, crazy. Bing in front bong, of the okay, Bing Bong, okay, that's actually pretty cool. Boom! Oh, wow, you said a lot. You said a lot. You did facts. say a lot. You said a lot of facts. You know, you brought a lot of numbers. Wow. We we all watched the game last night. You know, it was it was a rough day for me yesterday. Hawks lost, Bulls lost, Warriors lost. Pat will he's out for the season. That hurt. <clears throat> Let me just let me just talk about the game for a sec because you said a whole lot of nothing. Let me just let you me said just, I said facts. Let, let me just you said facts, facts, but you ain't really talk about the game in the in the way I thought you were going to talk about the game. <laughs> you know, you brought up the RJ Zach Levine numbers, three turnovers. A few of the turnovers was just him on the bad hand, but you heard the twelve points. The talk 60%. about it. It was really easy. I'm like when you watch Zach Levine, everything's easy. The Bucks was extremely easy. You talk about RJ's defense, it was exceptional. Demar doing the pump fake. We all can agree the pump fake should have never even happened. He should have just <coughs> took four in the air. He should have never switched to RJ. In my opinion, that's a much better defender. But nonetheless, let's talk about the game. We came out flat physically. The Knicks looked ready. They looked more prepared on defense. They looked. They had a game plan. They was gonna blitz Zach and Demar off the screens. They were gonna trap them and let everybody else beat them. Even when Zach had the ball, they knew who to leave open. Guys like Demar Derozan in the corner. Even guys like Pat Will had a few open jump shots. They had a game plan. In a scheme that worked perfectly, they was going to make us slow the game down, and they weren't going to let us run and gun. It was kind of the same scheme Toronto played in the second half when we played them. They slowed us down. They didn't let us get on the run, and that lets us having a half-court offense. And what I've noticed about our half-court offense is it's not there yet. Five games in, it's not there. You know, it looks a little bit stagnant at times. DeMar looks a little bit too aggressive. Zach looks a little bit too passive. That game, they used it. And their shooters came out. You know, uh, we didn't play a lot of great defense on the end. I mean, we didn't let them score a lot. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, we didn't play consistent defense enough. On the three-point line, we let them get a lot of open jump shots. We let them get off the screen. We didn't blitz them enough. Vucevic was getting attacked off the screen because he kept falling back, which led to open threes. Kemba had a couple of those just wide open threes off the screen. Nonetheless, nonetheless, you guys played one of your best games this season (laughs) That's ridiculous. And you won by one point. That's ridiculous. Pat Will went out in the third. He didn't play. We're still missing Kobe White. Interesting. Oh, my god. The one thing about the one thing I will say about the Bulls in the Knicks, the one thing I will say about the Bulls in the Knicks is in the fourth quarter, what y'all showed me was why you guys are going to struggle in the playoffs. You don't have a guy who can go out and get a bucket. You don't have a guy who last minute, three minutes left, four minutes left, two minutes left, can consistently go out there and make multiple plays. You didn't score for about a three. There's a reason we went on a 12-0 run, like a 12-0 confirmed run, because you guys, Julius Randle kept force-feeding Julius Randle. And I'll admit, he did make a couple good passes, but at the same time, he forced a couple bad shots. And you... Talked about Lonzo Ball. He had a measly six points. Let's talk about the defensive end. Let's just talk about it for a split second on the defensive end. Fourth quarter, they put him on your boy, your guy, the Mr. All-NBA. What, mm-hmm. third team? Second team? That's second. Him? Second oh, last second year. Second team. Mr. All-NBA second team. They put him on in the fourth quarter. Wild. They said Lonzo Ball. We called timeout. We said Lonzo Ball. We're going to throw you on Julius Randle. Alex Crusoe, we're going to put you on Julius Randle. Go make something happen. He didn't score. 
You think that's going to translate? What you mean? You think that Lonzo's going to hold Randall to to a bad shooting night like that in the fourth? What was the difference? All he tried to do is bully, bully. It didn't work. The jump shot looked strong. First of all, on one possession, and it was hilarious, Julius was at the three-point line, perfect example, tried to go under, Lonzo, poke, easy, steal. He had to foul him. Lonzo Ball, you have to stop disrespecting Lonzo Ball like he's not an elite on-ball defender. He's he's showing you that ability that he can okay. be an elite on-ball defender. You know he has a defensive rating of 97.6? Did you know that? That's great. You oh didn't know that. God. It's probably not better than R.J. Barrett's, though. 97.6. Do you know what that is? You know, actually, you know, he's never had a 90 defensive rating. He's always had 111, 110. You know it's a 97.6 rating. Right Lonzo right? Ball is an excellent defender. No, 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 no. But you knock but, his but own ball. You paid him $80 million to be Patrick Beverly. This season, RJ's is 108. Oh, say that one more time. 108. Ooh. Who are oh. the teams that we faced? You played Orlando de- de- twice. Defensive rating, defensive <laughs> rating is not, twice. defensive rating is not just for one player. It's a very flawed stat because it takes account team defense. That's more of a team but defense. You, but that should help team, you because you have a better team defense than us. No, because we gave like one, we gave 130 something up to Boston in the two OT, two what, overtime what you, game. What do you want me to do about that? I mean, what are the teams that you have played? You haven't played good at competition. You, you of played course, one more better of, team than us. You've played the Pelicans, true, and then you paid, You played the Pistons, then you played the Knicks, and then who else did you play? Toronto. Okay. So you played Boston, and say, then you, you played a Philly with no Ben Simmons, and then you played wait, wait, us. Wait, wait, we played Philly with Embiid, but we held them being no in check Simmons. with Mitch Robinson. But no Ben Simmons. Oh, and that Philly team has been playing well, even without Philly Ben Simmons. Philly team's all right. Yeah. But Toronto's been playing well, too. Toronto spanked Boston. They did. Bad. Toronto's an inconsistent young team. That's Aww. what they are. That, that That is what they are. That They're a young you team that are inconsistent. You can't do that. No, but I'm just saying, you haven't okay. played offensively talented teams. We have played Philly. We have played okay. Boston. We have played okay. Chicago. Nonetheless. So the defense rating is going to be higher. Nonetheless. This stretch of games, we know your schedule's twice. gruesome. We know that Chicago's going to face Utah. They're going to face better teams. <laughs> we'll see if that defensive rating stays the same for Lonzo. I want you to finish, but I just want to correct what you said. The Knicks didn't have this perfect game. Fournier was what four for fourteen? No, I'm talking about on defense. Well, we're gonna play defense every night. The yeah, Tom Thibodeau coach team. Evan Fournier played. didn't play well. Emmanuel yeah, quickly was, was one for six, one for seven. Randall didn't. A, Randall didn't. Our star Randall, no, player no, no, didn't no, play stop well. Saying, stop saying. No, Randall he didn't, didn't shoot play well. well. No, no, stop saying He's Randall not, didn't play well. Stop saying. No, that. I just said. I just said he didn't shoot well. No, no. He's I, not gonna not shoot well all the time. No, I want you to give us respect. Randall did. No, it's a difference. Fournier didn't play well because he was just missing. That's the difference. But I thought you. I thought he played this perfect game. You said we played this perfect game. I meant to say on defense. Pardon me. We blew a ten point lead to you guys. Not because 13. we couldn't get a bucket, 13. because we were undisciplined on the defensive side of the ball. You think that? No, you couldn't score because of our defense. That open that open three-point shot by Vucevic late in the fourth quarter, that was a lapse in our defense. Mm-hmm. Okay. That wasn't that was great defense. That was a part that was of just, our running gun. You, you can't stop us on a running gun. We was on a fast break. Don't act like the Knicks had this perfect game, and that's why we won the game. We won you, the game because we're a better team than you guys. That's what it is. We're better. You're not, you're not that, you're and not you don't have Pat Will no more for the season. You're not so we're definitely better. better. He was a Julius Randle stopper. Now you don't got one. Unless you think it's Lonzo. Lonzo was the guy who stopped him in the fourth. So what <laughs> That's are you not going to happen again. That's not going to happen again. Lonzo and Caruso. That's yeah, not going to happen Caruso, again. Caruso, he's 6'4". That's not going to happen again. Why are you, why, why are you so... Because Julius Randle is an all-NBA second-team or all-star. Who just got locked down by a 6'6 guard and a 6'4 guard. He just shot bad. Nothing to worry about. He's going to be fine. Did you watch the game? I did. He's going to be fine. In the crunch time, too, missing the, those two free throws. In the clutch. He's going to in be the crunch. fine. He's I mean, going to be fine. Listen, don't get me wrong. All he we beat you because we're better than you. You, you, That's beat, us, it, you beat us by one. You beat us by one point. You Should beat us by a, a measly one point. And don't get me wrong. You guys played a good game. You For know, you, you, 
you controlled the game for the most part. But what I liked about my team is we was never we never wavered. You know, we played, we fought. No matter what was the, their biggest lead was, I believe, 14 points. And no matter what time it was, when it was at the moment, we still was able to prevail. Zach was still able to get it going at the end. DeMar DeRozan, he hit some clutch baskets. Vucevic, who wasn't bothered at all by Mitch, not once throughout the game, was very comfortable taking him to the basket off the dribble, hitting mm-hmm. jump shots the from the mid pick and pop. Yeah. Like he was not. I remember he did say that, but I wasn't acknowledging that Mitch was not at all. Mitch is better as a rim protector. He was not at all worried. Vooch was fine. So I think for the most part, if we just become more disciplined, like I said, this is five games in. This is our first real, real test against one of the best defenses in the league. We're going to figure it out. Now we already established. This is our first adversity. We figured it out. Now we established. And even in adversity, we came back in the clutch, down 12, and still almost won the game. If not, almost stole that game. If not for... Not for DeMar DeRozan pump fake. Or I, I, I believe Zach should have got the ball. I don't care what his percentage nah, Zach, was. Yeah, Zach, I don't care how what he's shooting. I believe Zach should have got the ball. I believe Zach should get the clo- ball. He was your closer last year, right, Zach? Yeah, he but should be your Demar, yeah. Demar is a pretty good closer too. So it's understandable. Yeah. I just I would I would like Zach to get that, that now, in that situation. But nonetheless, the Knicks played a good game. The Bulls yeah, didn't did. play their best game, but they got it going late. Good win, you know. I, I, you had a good one, but don't don't be confused. Fournier played like that. He's I wasn't worried. You called him an upgrade. He played like Reggie Bullock would have played in that same environment. You called RJ know, Barrett. He that. played good, but let's be realistic. RJ Barrett had RJ the quietest. RJ Barrett well. had the quietest twenty points Kemba? I've ever seen. How about in my Kemba? Life. I, Kemba played really good. I give nah, it to I Kemba. Bet. Kemba was very loud with his twenty, Kemba but RJ good, had bro. twenty, and I didn't even know he had twenty. And I'm watching the Isn't whole that game. Impressive though. It's all right. I mean, we weren't really. Like, I mean, he was efficient. He was 8 for 15. We weren't really good worried about RJ. The game plan was Julius Randle. You see how we were guarding Julius Randle. Like, yeah. we were... Well, RJ's we were, not going to be the game plan offensive for anybody to stop. That's that's hilarious. <clears throat> um, we, the way How's that hilarious? It's it's just who he is as a no, player but, right now. It's your team. We weren't worried about Kemba, Randle. I mean, pardon me. Kemba, we're about Fournier. Randall. So who's we the second option on the Knicks? It's RJ, right? It's Kemba, Kemba Fournier. It's, it's Kemba, Kemba Fournier. Yeah. But we were, our game plan was stop Julius, let the other team, and you let lost. everybody else beat us. And, and you lost. They did beat us. And you lost. We did lose by and one. And you lost. We lost by one. And you lost. I, I just, one last thing. All right. I actually, <laughs> I, I love the fact that the Bulls fans cheered on Derrick Rose when he went on to the court. He's yeah. done so much for that city. Of course. And for the fans <laughs> to acknowledge that. Too. And for the fans to acknowledge that Derrick Rose has put himself in a better situation on a better team and oh they're happy God. for him to he do that. Himself I'm there? I'm glad that they cheered for him. They're happy that Rose is playing for a better team than the Bulls. Oh the my Knicks. goodness. He put himself there or he got traded multiple times. <laughs> he was crying when he got traded. Hey, he would have heard that. You see this guy? That's fine. <laughs> you remember he was crying when he got traded the first time? We have the same record, bro. We have the same exact yeah, record. We got the not, not right soon. now. Soon we're going to be way ahead of you guys. We're going to be back in the garden. And it's going to be a we're going to beat you game. again. What's your upcoming schedule? You know, off the top of your head, if not, it's no not that. Deal. It's not that. Okay. I don't know it off the top of my head, but I know the Bulls have a gruesome my schedule. My only, my only concern with our team is our depth. That's it. That's my only concern. And we lost a lot of the Demar Derozan. I was going to say after Caruso, Brown has been giving you. I like Javante minutes. Green. Yeah. Okay. Green I like, has. Also I like Javante Green. I really do like him as a player. I like. He him. some threes. Yeah. Yeah. And he plays D. He he caught a block on RJ because he don't got no right hand. So you know that big. Well, block. I saw him finish with his say, right hand. Yeah. yeah I, I saw that RJ. Yeah, no, I saw RJ keep go right. On I saw RJ. RJ go right, and Javante stopped all, all right, that. I'll keep hating on RJ. Drew, I want you to give all your take. I'll say I'll say multiple things. So I'm not playing sides. First thing I'll say about you. It was funny how RJ and Kemba, the two guys you were probably the lowest on, on the Knicks going into the season, were the two players that ended up winning this game for the Knicks. I thought that that was funny. 
So let me give RJ and let me give Kemba their credit. Kemba played an excellent game. Definitely hit big shots for them. RJ Barrett, probably the star of the night, even though Randall had a had a had a good game, not offensively, but just all around, got a bunch of boards, was passing the ball very effectively. RJ Barrett stole the show for me. Defensively, he was amazing all night. Uh, held Levine to a decent game, three turnovers, but obviously Levine's going to get his regardless. He was more effective at the line than he was just from the field. But R.J. Barrett's defensive stop on DeMar DeRozan highlighted the night. <clears throat> Almost not the highlight of the night was because Julius Randle missed those two free throws. Now that's where I'm going to get to my main point here. <laughs> this is an impressive one for the Knicks for sure. But at the same time, the two toughest teams that they've played, the Celtics and the Bulls, they've struggled to close out. That's my only fear for you guys, and Riv mentioned it a little bit too. You don't have a true solidified closer. And obviously, Derrick Rose is one of those guys that could come in and be a closer for you guys. Um, Julius Randle, I'm not I'm not a huge supporter of his in the clutch. We, he could have easily iced that game from the free throw line. He was, I think he was 7 of 8 up until that point from the free throw line and missed both of those. That was crazy. Don't forget to miss a couple it, jump shots, too. Don't, I, don't sleep on those. RJ was the one that was putting up the buckets for you guys in that fourth quarter. Whatever points you guys scored, it was either from Kemba or from, or from RJ Barrett. I look at this fourth quarter, and I don't want it to be a continuation this season because you guys look dominant from quarter one to quarter three. You guys are one of the best teams in the East, but come that fourth quarter, things get, things get dicey. Things get dicey because you can't trust Julius Randle. You can't trust Kemba Walker, even though they say Kemba Walker's made for those moments. He had a bad, bad miss. I'm blanking on who was defending him on one of the, uh, one of the last possessions of the I game. I believe it was Caruso. <clears throat> Caruso is locked up. Yeah, he's a good defender. That's where I got to give some credit to the Bulls. The Bulls had a big need. They needed defense because obviously they had Levine. They had Vucevic. Their offense was going to be there in those two guys. But then they added DeMar, who obviously is an offensive player. But they brought in Lonzo Ball, who's one of the best on-ball defenders in the game. Then they brought on uh, Alex Caruso, who's one of the better on-ball defenders in this game, who is showing the rest of the world that he's not just a L.A. Uh, a star, because, star, you know what I mean, a, a, LA, uh, a good ball player because he was in L.A. playing with LeBron. He's coming to the Bulls, and he's being an impact player. If the... If the the Knicks don't get it together in the fourth quarter. I have my concerns, but other than that, yeah. it's been an, it was an impressive one. I'll say this: I'm more happy at the fact that the Knicks know how to play from the first minute to the 45th minute than they know how to play from 45 to 48. 40, 40, 45 to 48, you can you can get better in that area. That's much easier to fix than coming Debatable. out flat Debatable. from the beginning of the fair game. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. 50-50. I had a couple of mixed emotions about the game, but one thing I will say that I stood out to me about the Knicks was I couldn't help but think about that Atlanta series and how when Julius Randle played bad, they didn't have that other person that could really step up and be that spark. Now you got Kemba Walker who stepped up and was that spark. You had RJ Barrett who played terrific on both ends of the ball. If if on on our Knicks preview video a couple uh, like a couple episodes back, that was the biggest thing that stood out with me for the Knicks is when Julius Randle goes cold. Who's going to step up? Last year was Reggie Bullock. He wasn't that good. You had R.J. Barrett in his second year. He wasn't that good. They didn't have another option for when their number one option was being shut out. So I think that's why the Knicks have gotten better. That game the game showed showed a lot to me in, in that sense that Kemba Walker stepping up, R.J. Barrett stepping up when Julius Randle was playing bad. I do agree with Drew, though, against Boston and against this team. You guys almost blew it in the fourth quarter. I think Tom Thibodeau has to clean that up, you know. From quarter one to quarter three, I agree with him. You guys are one of the better teams in the league. Offensively, you guys are ranked fourth in the league. So those additions with Fournier and all these other people that can step up when Juice Randle's playing bad stood out to me. Now, what stood out to me about the Bulls was <sighs> they have to 
establish who's their closer. I think personally, I think it should be Zach Levine just because he's he's been there. He's yeah, been their closer for a couple of years, and he has he has he has more of an offensive game. He can shoot the three. He's a pretty good mid range shooter. He 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 has a better offensive game than Demar Derozan. I think the ball should have been. He he's the best player on the Bulls. I think that the ball should be in the hands of your best player. But other than that, I mean, the Knicks have to clean up their fourth quarter mishaps, and I'm kind of curious to see what the Bulls are going to do without uh, the Paul, your man over there. The uh, what's his the name? what? The claw. The Paul. Oh, no, the claw. They, they call him the Paul. Oh, the Paul. Oh, yeah, the Paul. I like that. The Paul. Like that. Like, no, I thought that's... you said the Paul. No, like no, the college. No, nah, the that's Paul. Like, huh? The Paul. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of curious to see what you guys are going to do without him well, because he was. He is the best defender on your team. Oh, debatable. Best man to man. Because oh, his versatility. But offensively, I think we'll be fine. It's the defensive, defensive. part. I mean, do you think that's going to like impact your team defensively? Or do you think you got the, the acquisitions that you guys got this offseason can kind of no, like put a Band-Aid on that? It's definitely going to impact our team defensively because he was the guy. So he can guard one through four. Yeah. So, you know, that's important. He's just he's just that guy where you can just plug in. And, and he's there's just no the right shot spot. he comes back in the playoffs, nothing. He's done for the year. It's early for the injury, but for right now, he's out for the season. But I think we'll that be all right. Offensively, tough. I think we'll be okay. Defensively, I think is where we're going to miss him. And I have another question for you. I've seen your next, like, your next 12 games are brutal. I think this is where we're going to find out if the Bulls are really that good of a team yep. or if they were just good against mediocre to, you know, not good teams because they haven't they played the Pistons twice. Who else have you played? You Pels. Play the Pels, you know, they're missing Zion. So, Toronto like, so this get, and, um, th- th- these games coming up is going to tell a lot about the Bulls. So, I- I'm curious to see what it was. It was a good win by the Knicks. Um, the fact that Kemba and RJ stepped up, that's showing me that come playoff time, if R- if Julius Randle has his struggles, he's got a, a a crew that could step up and, you know, take over and handle the offensive load. They are a deep team. Yeah, and, I, that, and, I, and I applaud them for that in the offseason. I said they needed to get other that's, scores because that's, that's, that's what hindered problem. them last year. If you saw the Atlanta series, Julius Randle went cold. Who was stepping up? That's my Nobody only problem with up. my team. They addressed it. They we're got scores all over the floor. They're, we're gonna, not, they're a good team. We're not deep enough. That's my. I think one, like our starting five is – one of the best starting fives Wait, Kobe, in the East. You got Kobe White too, right? Oh, he's, hurt. Hurt. he's hurt. He's hurt. Yeah, he's yeah no, but that's, a, that's, but that's another that's, good That's addition. my only problem. Like, I think if, in, in terms of starting five, we have one of the best starting fives By in far. the league. But I think when it gets deep, and I, I think when it gets deep and our bench comes in, you know, it's like, all right, outside of Caruso, who can you trust for 20-plus minutes? You yeah, know what I'm saying? Kobe Tony Bradley, he got in for five minutes. Troy Brown. Troy Brown, He sometimes he's all right. He you know, Alice minutes. Johnson, he came in, and he had the worst three minutes I've ever yeah. seen in my Yo, life. Alice A. Johnson played for the Nets last year. He had like a 20-20 game. <laughs> no, like, he, was wasn't, like, he was not bad on the Nets. I don't know I've what ever happened. seen in my three life. minutes minus 12. Yeah, like it was just bad. <laughs> like, I saw it. I'm like, bro, what is he doing? So it's like, it just it's our bench. You know, like our starting five is dope, but it's our bench. Can mm-hmm. our bench hold it down? Now I have a question. Next game, let's say DeMar DeRozan, or excuse me, the Bulls are in a situation where they need the guy, one guy to take the last shot. It's got to be that. And DeMar DeRozan takes it again, and he misses it. I wasn't, my only problem with DeMar taking that shot is he shouldn't have made it harder. Okay. He made it harder. He had, he should have got it. He had the middle lane. That's his bread and butter, the yeah. middle. Yeah. He had the middle lane wide open. Put everybody in the corner. If you have Zach on your team, put Zach. If you want to give DeMar DeRozan the ball, Put Zach in a corner where you a, a, a player can stick to him. Yeah. My problem was DeMar got it, tried to do a fake screen. Yeah. RJ played it perfectly, and now you have RJ on him. When he says you could have had Fournier in the middle lane wide open for you could just hit the middle. You got to give it to Zach. I That's my only problem. I, I, I wasn't problem. I didn't have a problem with DeMar taking the shot. I was going to say, I did didn't it. hate his decision making there. Because obviously, if I'm the Knicks, I'm thinking this ball, excuse me, this ball's going to Levine. 
So as soon as he fakes, I'm 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 biting on Levine. So I didn't hate the decision because I'm sure that that's what Demar was thinking. All right, they're gonna bite on Levine. I'm gonna have a little bit of space, and I'm gonna get this mid range. You know, off. I don't like going but to RJ the, played it perfect. I don't like a guy running to the corner to take his spot. That's his spot. But it was crowded in that area. It was well, not. Re- it was only. It was him. It was corner me, was it crowded. Was, yeah, it was somebody was in the corner. corner. One, I'm blanking Mitch. on who was in the corner. Mitch was there. Okay. Mitch, so that means Mitch stepped up on a shot. Yeah, so it was like it was it was okay. Crowded. Fair I didn't like that. You fair had enough. the middle wide open. I just didn't like the shot selection. That's all it was. I agree me. with you. He should have never gotten that switch off Fournier. He shouldn't have. He should just took Fournier. Also, I just want to do. I just want to give a quick okay. shout out. We have 100 viewers in Ooh, the in the okay. live stream right now. So shout out to you guys right now. Shout out to you guys and the Sim. The Sim Hayes is hey, in here. Hey, my boy. He said, "What a fantastic collection of handsome men." We appreciate. <laughs> that. That's the real one right there, man. So we have a great show going forward. Before we go on to the next topic, though, I want to let you guys know that December second, we will be at MSG Madison Square Garden for the Knicks and Bulls game. If you guys are going to be at that game, you got we could do like a meet and greet or something like that. Safe. And yeah, he said Scythe. <laughs> we could do a Scythe. I got some some, some grade A stuff on me. Roll up. Sponsored <laughs> by Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we got the spot. We got we got the DraftKings sponsor here still, as well. Still posted up yeah, right it's, there. It's yeah, it's posted up there. Right there. So right shout there. out. So shout out. Yeah. So you guys can meet and greet. I think I'll be in a great mood because the Knicks would have beaten the Bulls. I don't know about Riff. He's probably going to be in, a, in an upset mood no, after the Knicks great. beat the Bulls. He needs to split. No, we'll beat if them. If you bro. don't we split, play them four times this year. Up, you're gonna you're gonna be on the car ride home. <laughs> just oh my god, we played them four gonna... times this year. We're good. Okay, bro. we're gonna we're gonna win the MSG. Okay, you know we, okay. we play better on the road anyway. To stay on the topic about the Bulls, Joe Kim Noah was on Zach Lowe's podcast and talked about Derrick Rose's ACL injury, and he said that when he got injured and he tore his ACL, he had the same feeling that he had <laughs> during nine eleven. Such that, a crazy that thing to say out where loud. his heart dropped. Well, that's how he felt. You know, he's from New York, so I believe him. He's probably being one hundred percent honest. He's hilarious for that. We're not going to talk about that comment though, because it yeah. is what it is. Make your own opinion about it. Thank you. Do you think that mm-hmm. if Derrick Rose would have stayed healthy, the Chicago Bulls would have won a championship? No. I'll start with you, Riff. I'm, well, we know what he's going to say. You don't know what I'm. Now we I'm do not be biased. I was going to say no. I'm shocked. I don't. I think we would have eventually got there. I think if Melo does not come to Chicago, we don't beat. We don't get past Miami because we don't have the the second guy. So you wanted Melo. I wanted Mello. Oh, I, I, I advocated if we, if strongly. We got, we got Mello. We, we get D Rose okay. Mello. That's a first Joe battle Noah. Hall of Famer. We well, get, I thought you were saying that you well, did. No, I, I wanted. I was. That would have been a really was, good. It was. Team. It was us or the Knicks. Yep. That, that was Mello's final. Or the Nets. The Nets is there. Did he agree to go to and said never mind? Did he agree to go to and said never mind? D Rose didn't go to the meeting. Uh, I thought that was LeBron in him. Chicago flew out and they had a they they was gonna make a pitch. D Rose said he's not gonna beg any superstar to come to Chicago. He's crazy. It's just his it's just his personality. He's not that I type mean, of I remember dude. your fans were really rocking so Mellow jerseys. I'll, I actually have the quote from Mello because he was going to Chicago. And he said this I was going to Chicago, Derek Rose, Joe Kim Noah. I was there, right? I was there, Anthony said. And then I started getting whispers behind the scenes. Yo, look, this person ain't going to be there. It ain't really right. This and that. It was all of that started to come up in the midst of my decision making. I wasn't going to let anything cloud that. I met with the New York Knicks last. Like, I think it was the last team I met with because I knew that I was ready to move on from that situation because of what I was dealing with and going through in New York. 
So he was going to Chicago, but John Paxson, Tom Thibodeau, they had a bunch of turmoil during that time. And if Melo would have went to Chicago, the, the very next year, Tom Thibodeau got fired. So he wasn't there. That was 2014. 2014, I think, I think we would have definitely went there, though, eventually. Nobody in the East, aside from Miami, could stop us. I mean, you got Paul yeah, Gasol instead of Melo. But, but D-Rose tore his ACL in 2012. So that I He was still a good player, though. I really believe if we get Melo, he does not Ray, tear his you, ACL. You think you guys beat uh, Indiana? Because he had to do more. Hmm? You think you beat Indiana? The one that took Miami to seven games? Back we were the number one seed that year. You were the know, in 2012, you were. Indiana was a tough team. Indi- we were the number one seed that year. Indiana was a tough team. I, we I were, think I that, think I think it would have been a good series though. That that Indiana team now D Rose would have still tore his ACL because he tore it his MVP year. No, yeah, he the, did. the year did. after. The year after. But Melo wasn't free agent at that point. Melo was a free agent in oh, 2014. It was, the, it, was, it was after 2012. Yeah, so during that stretch, D Rose averaged 16, 18, and 16. He wouldn't have had that was when Jimmy Butler started to ascend. When he came back, he had to kind of like Take we needed him to, you know what I'm saying? Because I think that first week we had Miami, then we had Yah. Like it was a tough week for us, and we needed him to be that guy down the stretch early. Cause so I have another question. Him. The year that the Celtics and the, the Heat played where LeBron had 45 in Game 6, was that the same year that D-Rose tore his ACL? 2013. That was 2012. 2012. Yes. So then we, we missed are, a full year. Are you guys getting past that Celtics team? 2012, We if that's where well, we lost to Philly. Philly goes and plays Celtics. Yes. With Derrick Rose? I think so. I, bro, they took the Heat seven, who ended up Philly took the them to six. Philly wouldn't. We would have swept Philly. Yes, we would have. Eased w- weren't it. you guys up? We were up like twelve. I don't oh, know that why. was game one. Yeah, that was. But game we would have. I feel like we would have swept Philly. Philly took Celt- the Celtics to six. Yeah, I think we could have beat Boston. We were better equipped to guard Boston. Well, since we're on the topic of Carmelo Anthony, Carmelo Anthony would have went there in 2014, and that year the Bulls took the Cavaliers to six. With Kyrie and LeBron, Kevin Love didn't play in that series. And their team was Derrick Rose, Jimmy, Dunleavy, Gasol, and Noah. So if they had Derrick Rose, Jimmy, Carmelo, Dunleavy, Noah, or Gibson and Noah, is that team... Was Powell on a, a vet minimum or no? No, Powell Gasol Powell was getting paid. paid. Powell so, was still playing if, pretty Powell, well. If, Powell, if Carmelo goes to Chicago, they don't get Powell Gasol. Okay. So it's... Without Powell so, Gasol, read that swap, to me again? swap in Melo... It would be Derrick Rose, Jimmy Butler, Carmelo Anthony, Taj Gibson, and Noah. Dang is not there. Okay. So give my Would boy. they have been in the Cavaliers? Squad. That's a squad. Because that's a team they really needed to beat. And you took a six. I don't know. It depends if, if Melo would have taken that defensive mindset. Or maybe you we feel like Jimmy. he wouldn't have had to because obviously, there you go, you had Jimmy Butler. But then at the same time, you were hindering Jimmy Butler's offensive game. I feel like a lot would have been going on there. That year? Um, Jimmy Butler was the last pick in the first round, right? Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think Jimmy. Like, if we got Melo, Jimmy, you know, that would have just been another scoring punch. He would have just been. We could have got gave the ball to Melo. D Rose wouldn't have to do too much. I feel like Jimmy uh, just focused on defense. Fair enough, but at the same time, we see how Jimmy is offensively now. That's why I say that in hindsight. I'd give that up for Melo. I'm, I'm sorry. At that time, I, yeah. I don't blame you. Melo was like that. Was, I mean, yeah. the only the team Knicks, that was the, the only teams team? that stopped us was Miami and Cleveland. Any only LeBron teams. Yeah. Other than that, I feel like we could have beat any team that. We could have beat that second seed in Knicks. We could have beat Indiana, that third seed in Indiana. We could have beat Orlando. I feel like we could have beat any other first team. That Pacer, te- that Pacer Bulls series would have been very good. We could have beat good. them, too. I think we could have beat them, too. That would have been great. We, we would have beat that Knicks team? Yeah, I think we could have beat that Knicks team. I so you like think you the too. Bulls with Butler, D. Rose, Carmelo, and at that time, Butler was he was becoming Butler. He was an MIP. Like he, 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 he averaged 20 points per game versus Cleveland in the playoffs. Do you think Carmelo, D. Rose, and Butler with Noah can beat 
that Golden State team. That was the very, whoa, very whoa, first whoa. year <laughs> that they went to the finals. Oh, the first year? That was the first year they went to the finals. 2015. Yeah. Ooh, that would have been a great matchup. I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know. It would have been tough, dude. Would have been very tough. I think we'd have been all right, though. Because I was thinking, I was looking about. They well, who are you talking about? The Bulls or the Warriors? Because you're a fan of both. <laughs> He's talking about the Bulls. Definitely the Bulls at the time. <laughs> well, definitely the Bulls. We'd have been all right. You guys so you think they would have won? I don't know, bro. You guys. I don't know about winning. Let's say tough. you guys go to the finals. It's all about getting there. Like you, I said, I think I mean, we Draymond could have locked up. But that's what Carmelo. That's exactly that's what I'm about to say. At that time? Would you guys have beaten the yeah, Spurs? At that time, yeah. Huh? Would you have beaten the Spurs? No. Would you have beaten 2012 OKC Thunder? I don't think so. We're talking about 2012. That's 2012. So that's still Derrick Rose. But that's also still Kevin Durant, who was bugging out that postseason. That would have not been okay. So. I don't think so. Nah. Because what's your answer for, for Kevin Durant? Not that there's an answer for D. Rose, but at least they still have Russell Westbrook. You had bodies, though. Who's your, who, who would have been Luol on your Dang. roster that year? Luol Luol Dang. Dang. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler? Brewer, Luol no. Dang. Oh, we're not talking about that not one? Yet. No. Keith yeah. Bogans? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It would have been <laughs> I tough. Him, yeah. I mean, nah, there was nobody that could stop Kevin Durant, bro. Not even Miami could. I hear that. I mean, he was like, Noah in the Miami was but a that great was defensive also, team. To be fair, that 20, no, excuse, no, no, not even. You guys wouldn't, because I'm thinking about when. Um, Miami beat OKC you guys the same us. way they beat us. Mm-hmm. So it's like, OKC, don't, they don't have anybody to stop D-Rose. The, diff, the reason why Miami beat us is because they had LeBron. Anyway, <laughs> they had LeBron. Like, yeah. they put LeBron on D-Rose, and then they just helped. Yeah. Like, they had D-Wade. They had They just helped. OKC can't do that. You're going to put Kevin Durant on D-Rose? Tabo Cephalosha. Anyways, you're going to put... No, no, no. <laughs> but Russ had, no, like Russ he had that time. He, 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 he played great defense on D-Wade, But let's, but let's stop, though. Like, like this, like, Enough is enough. Like, come on. <laughs> but you put Tabo when you put somebody else to trap D-Rose that can't neutralize They don't have the personnel like They don't have the personnel like What other scoring options did you guys really have? Are you really relying on Luau Dang? Because Serge Ibaka is also on that team, too. We have Noah, but I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. Is Noah really making his impact on the field, on the court too? Defensively, absolutely. Oh, is he Baca, Offen- I'm talking strictly offensively because offensively, that matchup versus the Bulls versus OKC is heavily favored. OKC just because of Kevin Durant. Well, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Russell at the time, Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka is just, is probably the equivalent. No, off, Boozer's a better offensive player than Serge Ibaka. Forgot like, about Boozer. At that Forgot time, about Boozer. he at that was time, a shot blocker. Oh, okay, but I'm saying Boozer's a better offensive player. So that's like, all right. Dead that. But Ibaka was on the same level as Noah as a defender at that time. He was averaging like four blocks a game, bro. That's a good point. But they had Perkins in But he line. wasn't Boozer, developed. That, 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 Ibaka didn't have the three ball in his game yet, right? But no, he was he shooting didn't. mid-range. But at the same time, uh, Boozer was a solid mid-range shooter as well. Yeah, I forgot about Boozer. Hit, it hit the jump For shot. For sure. So we, we had, Interesting. It would have been a good matchup. I'm, I'm, I'm picking Kevin Durant still. I am too. I mean, they, lo- they lost in five. KD was we lost player. in five. So we have The thing is, we have people to throw at KD. It may not work, but we have people to throw at KD. So did Miami. Yeah, and it didn't work. That's yeah, what I'm saying. They don't have anybody to throw at D Rhodes. You're gonna say Tabo, I'm not gonna listen. But they 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 don't have any. You can put you could try Westbrook on him. It's nah, not gonna work. But nah, you gotta put Tabo on him. You can, <laughs> it's not like they don't that's have anybody. That, that Westbrook Rose matchup would have been very interesting. Think so? I think so. They could have put Eric Maynard on him. <laughs> oh my god, I remember him too. What about Reggie Jackson? Young Reggie Jackson. He was on OKC. Nick Coll- uh not uh Nick Collins. Yeah, that is no, I wasn't him. He wasn't yeah, there. That was that uh, he got his, he's the first OKC Thunder to get his number retired. I'm blanking on his last name. Nick, Nick Collison. Is it Collison? It's Collison. Nick Collison. Why? Because I think four. I'm thinking of Darren Collison. That's why the last name yeah, is number four. Me up. Yeah. Nick Collison. Because he just was there. His, he's as in, like yeah, he's to OKC. Udonis what Udonis Haslam is to Miami. That's exactly what bro. He was is, there forever. No, I don't even think it's that though. Because Haslam been there. Like he got rings. You know, he was actually in Porter. He averaged ten points at one point. <laughs> <laughs> So on to this next topic. Real, 
On to this oh, next topic. Man. We're going to talk about the Washington Wizards because they have been very good. They are 4-1 and one right now. They've beaten the Raptors, Pacers, Celtics, and who, the Atlanta who Hawks. Who beat them? Who beat them? You Brooklyn, yeah. Uh, yeah no. Brooklyn, yeah. <laughs> Brooklyn, <laughs> baby. <laughs> so the reason we're talking about the Wizards is because in the offseason, they traded Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. And the Lakers, they built this super team with Russ and AD and LeBron. And the Lakers now are struggling. Oh wow! While the Wizards, while the Wizards right now, they're Our on form. a roll. And look at this: Dinwiddie's averaging twenty points per game. Montrez Harrell's averaging nineteen. The Lakers couldn't, didn't find a way to use them last season. Kuzma resurrection fifteen a game. Whoa, whoa, whoa. KCP eleven points per game. And against Atlanta, Harrell had twenty five. Beal had 27. Kuzma had 21. KCP had 20 as well. And they didn't have Gafford or Dinwiddie playing Ooh. in that game. So the question is, do you think in this case, a complimentary, a cast of good supporting role players is more important than that one star? Because Westbrook <clears throat> was their one star last year and the Wizards didn't look this good. Now with a bunch of good role players around Beal, the Wizards look much better. Listen. I love the NBA. You know, we make overreactions after four or five, six games. It's like the best time in the world. Like, it really is. Like, we just make these overreactions. Um, your question, I guess it just depends on who the star is, you know? I guess it really just depends on who you're giving away and who you're getting back. You know, I thought giving away, LA giving away all this depth and then getting in Westbrook was like, ah, because Westbrook hasn't been playing well. I mean, his regular season numbers just, if you look at him, you'll think, oh, this guy's elite, you know, one of the best players in the league. But if you watch him, you're like, he's definitely on the decline. Sometimes he's a liability on the court. With these guys, though, you know, Montrez, KCP, Kuz. Kuz, I feel like, just needed a new environment. I yeah. feel like playing under LeBron just wasn't his vibe. Yeah. I never lost faith in him being a good player. Yeah, I think KCP, player. we know what he is, but he's still a really and he's good he's a like, champion. He's, he's a good player. Montrez, he's a weird guy. He has to be good in certain situations, but he can be good in the he right is. situation. I think this is the right situation from with Washington. You know, they, they're deep. Don't get me wrong, but I guess the better question is how far can they go with this complimentary talent if Bradley Bill is their number one? I think this Wizards team, and I said it in the offseason when we did a topic about them, is I think this team reminds me a lot of the 2018 Clippers before they got Kawhi, before they got PG, when they had Gallinari, Shea, Harrell. Um, I'm forgetting who else they had, but they had a great team. Pat Bev was there, Lou Will. Oh, SGA. Yeah, SGA. Landry That Shaman. team, they didn't have a star, but they had a bunch of great Good role player, players. Man. The difference between them and Washington is that Washington has a star. They have Bradley Beal. And Bradley Beal, Beal. <laughs> I, I am harsh on him a lot of the times. I will admit it. He hasn't been off to the best offensive start. But this year, he's playing defense. Like, he is locking down. He He's playing very great defense. And before he was asked to carry this gigantic offensive load, when he played with John Wall, he was known to be a good defender. And now he's getting yeah, he back to his roots, Wes Unsell Jr. has them playing great from minute one to 48. This team has been really awesome. I think they'll make the playoffs. I, I'm ready to say they'll make the playoffs. I top think six. they'll make the playoffs. Top six. Overreaction. Yes. I think they'll make the playoffs. Passing it. I think the Wizards will make the playoffs because I see Beal, who's an all-star, all-NBA type of player. I see Dinwiddie, who's a borderline all-star. He's shown in Brooklyn he can be the second 
if not the first, the best player on certain nights in Brooklyn and lead them to the playoffs. And then you have Harold, who can be sixth man of the year this year. You have KCP, who brings a lot on the defensive side of the ball. Kuzma is a champion, and he's a very good defender. Come on, like, I'm not <laughs> sleeping. I, I'm not sleeping on the Washington Wizards. This team, I like this team. This this is my sleeper team in the East, but they're not a sleeper because the season started. Wait, sleeper to do what though? I think they'll make the playoffs. Oh, you know? right, I, I don't know. It depends on the matchups. If they face, you know, the if, if they feed, if they face the Hawks in the playoffs, yeah, they can definitely beat them. No doubt. You're a hater. No doubt. Hater. Go ahead with your take, because I'm sick of this guy. Oh I thought just, I was about to spew nonsense. That That's crazy. Just, that Hawks. Sense. The Hawks. I don't. I'm not a big fan. All right. You're not a big fan. So, they beat you. I'm not a big. <laughs> Before fan. I sound like the nope. ultimate hater, obviously, I'll give them their credit because. What they needed desperately was defense. So what do they do? They go and get three defensive-minded type players outside of Kuzma, who's a decent scorer. Decent. You bring in KCP, who's solid defensively for sure. Montrezl Harrell, solid defensively. Kuzma can play good defense. Harrell, solid defensively? He's not terrible on defense. He's terrible on defense? He's a legit cone. That's debatable. This season, at least? (laughs) Bro, he's trash. I think think this season... I think this season... He's a good they're hype just, man. They're masking it a little bit more. He's a Fair good hype man. He's like, but at the same time, he's averaging 19 points. His PER is over 30. I think it's 32 right now. And the Lakers couldn't use him. Well, what's funny is he was doing nothing for us. So it's funny how <laughs> he comes here and it's how it happens, bro. But that's what that's what's bothering me, truthfully, and that's why this question. Tell me what that is exactly. <laughs> you, you, certain only certain players can fit with LeBron. Spot up shooters. I agree. There's nothing wrong with that, though. That's just, what I, no, no, no. That's game. what I'm trying to wonder. I mean, if Kuzma is blossoming. Harold is blossoming. KCP, well, he was good in L.A. with no, you guys. And that's what I said before, when the trade happened. I said, KCP is going to be the piece I missed because he's an excellent role player. He does his role as, better, as, be, as good as anyone. That being said, I'm not ready to say that they flat out won this trade because they're 4-1 five games in. <laughs> and, Ru- and listen, it's easy to look at and, and see Russ having a, a rough go. And that sucks because we were up. To, we were up like twenty six. Yeah, I lost. I think it was like it looked. Like, it, it was twenty. Like their first wins. All right, easy. Listen. <laughs> no, it really looked like I forty. Did, I did right by telling you the exact number. Leave it at that. Right. It was a tough loss. It really was. But listen, Russ had a really good game against the Spurs, and what was one of the reasons we won that game? That being said, it's easy to say right now, looking at it. Oh, they're four and one. You can overreact all you want. They're beating good teams though. At the same time, you said Atlanta's not that good. Mm. Uh, let me finish. Well, you guys think they're a good let team. Let me finish. All right, fair. Now you look at it, and are we expecting Montrez Harrell to continue this this efficiency? That he's, he's going to average fifteen for the year. Okay, are we expecting him to have a player efficiency rating of over thirty for the rest of the season? Well, I don't think that'll happen. But he's going to average. He's going to do what he did in, with the Clippers, which is be a very from, good role player. Six man of the year. From candidate. what I have experienced yeah. personally as a basketball fan, I cannot trust Kuzma, Montrez Harrell. KCP, I can because shout out to him. I so, cannot trust those two guys to be consistent for an entire season. They're they're coming out hot right now for sure, and it's easy to flock to them because as I was, a lot of people were low on them going into the year because these guys did not show out in LA. So now they're coming setting, to a hundred percent. They're coming now to a Wizards team that has no expectations. So now they're performing well above what people expected from them. So now people are immediately going to overreact and say, "Oh, you know, Wizards." Lock for the playoffs. That being said, this is not something I look at and think this is sustainable. Well, I think it is for the reason that 
You are basing your opinion on Montrez Harrell based off of one season with the Lakers. I will also base it on Bradley Beal having 21 points and then still being 4-1. and one. That's Isn't he, that a testament to how good the roster their, is? Their de- defense has been solid, but at the same time, this offense has not been what it should be or what it's supposedly supposed Wait, to be. Wait, how is it not? They have like five players averaging in double figures. Because Montrezl Harrell is averaging 19. Do we expect that to continue? If Kuzma is averaging 15, 16. Kuzma was a 16-pointer game player in L.A. before LeBron Not got there. Before he got there. But then he was still supposed to continue that, and he dropped off. Yeah, but I think the problem with a lot of Lakers fans was that y'all expected a 23-year-old Kyle Kuzma out of college to continue to develop into a star. Most players, What's wrong with that? Most players that come out of college then are 23, 24. He was the they most plateau. developed. He was, he was the most developed rookie. Bro, we chose him over B.I., that's like should let you know at least what our expectation was. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, Y'all you. traded that yes. for real. Yeah, we chose him no, yeah, over Bi. Did, well, Bi, I feel more like Vaz Pelicans. I would rather have Bi though. No, man, no duh. But in the yeah, and when the trade did. was going on, we were either going to keep Bi or him, and no, we said yeah. Bi got you more. Bi with Yah wouldn't have been as successful as he was. in Disagree Pelicans. because when he, he wouldn't have been an all star. I disagree. Well, that I agree with. But at the same time, Bi that first season when, when LeBron was them, there was great. You want to no, know why second, I say that though? In the second half after the all star break, average twenty four. You want to know why I would say that though? Because Bi, we've seen him playing with Zion when he when Zion is the point forward and Bi's numbers take a dip. If he's playing with LeBron and AD. Yeah, both of them are good playing with LeBron, and he doesn't. He's not. I disagree because Bi and LeBron actually had good chemistry together. Bi averaged twenty four with LeBron after the All Star. Dinwiddie, break. we know can average eighteen twenty a night, any single night. He did that in Brooklyn. He averaged twenty two in Brooklyn yeah, one year. He, so Dinwiddie, their offense has been very good with him, and it's been a different guy every night for Washington versus Indiana. Dinwiddie had thirty four. Neto had eighteen. Bertans had seventeen versus Boston. Harrell has twenty five versus the Hawks. Four players scoring scoring twenty points. Defense has not been winning them games like you think. I think it's been a major part, but it's because they have so many scores and Rui Hachimura isn't even playing yet. That's another. Oh, that's good. another guy. Do we really trust them to be as that's consistent what I'm all year though? KCP, Kuz. Listen, well, like KCP's said, averaging eleven. You don't think you could average eleven KCP all year? KCP is the only yeah. one that I look at the three that could sustain. Wait, so no, Kuz- Kuzma, Wait, Kuzma can't average Kuzma, Kuzma can't average fifteen for the year. I don't know. He can. He can. I don't know. I mean, he averaged twelve, thirteen with y'all. But it was stretches where he he had games where he didn't score in saying. double digits. Like he has moments like, he like has, these he where he's playing bad. very he's well. The only thing I say is that you rebounds a game yeah, too. You're not, like, you're not getting 11 rebounds a game from Kuzma. You're not getting that. And but, Gafford, like, he's been huge. By far career too. high. Like I, we, I've not seen this when they were on or when they were wearing an LA Which uniform. Is a solid other than team. I think they can definitely Yo, when jump in the Listen, I'm playing for sure. When does Thomas Bryant come back? When does Thomas Bryant come back from ACL? When January, February. No, he... Toward early, but early, yeah. Okay, so then he can he, he might be coming back soon. Then, but then he might not even who, play much. Yeah, that's no, what I'm saying. That just say, goes to the depth issue. So exactly. who's going to drop? No, they're not dropping. Gaffer. But that's a good problem to have. Definitely, that's a great problem. Thomas Bryant's not bad, and that's what I'm talking None about. Their bigs are and bad. that's what I'm talking yeah. about. This team has a lot of depth. They have a lot of players. But you trust that's Bradley Bill to be the guy that gets them to a six seed in the East. Yes, right now, that's Bradley Bill, bro. I, I understand it. you I don't like Bradley Beal. I, I don't like Bradley Beal. What we both hell? don't like Bradley yeah, Beal, so but that, well, why you, you just made, made a whole segment yeah, in like twenty five. No, I, I, I get it. 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 We both aren't big fans of Bradley Beal, but you don't like Bradley Beal more than me. No, but 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 it's not even the Bradley Beal I don't like. It's Miami, the Knicks, the Bucks, the Nets, the Bulls, 
Boston, like it's not even mm. the Hawks, like it's not even like Boston. eventually, eventually, Boston. No, 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 we gonna no, get no, no. to him. We oh, gonna oh, get oh, to him. Oh, oh, I'm gonna get to him because wait, 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 wait. Because Boston I, I ain't good, it, bro. No, 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 Boston no, sucks. Boston's not a good team. Hold on, stop. No, no, Boston is not a good team because you said that's an overreaction. Stop, Boston. Because you said. You felt like this Boston team can go to the Eastern Conference. And I was 100% wrong. And I was 100% wrong. But my point of saying all those teams was... Yeah, you don't think they're going to be the a, East is a top deep. six Not team. even saying it, it could... Throw the Bradley Bill hate aside. Just looking at the East, the East is deep. It's hard for me to say that they can just Back be to a what you said. We didn't even mention and Charlotte, was, who's been playing I mean, in the East. Like, and back to, well, I think Washington Philly? and Charlotte, they're on the same level in terms of what they have. I disagree. On the same, who's better? Brad, Bradley Bill's the best player between those two teams. Fair enough. That's, that's facts. facts. And then that's you look facts. at the depth that they have, it's very similar. Miles Bridges is taking that leap this year. But when you look at the other guys, it's a very similar. He's another question team. though. Can he? He's not. I don't know, bro. I'm, look, I'm looking at game. Bridges, obviously Lamelo, and Gordon Hayward, and Terry Rozier. Other than Beal, Gordon I'm Hayward is four. on the same level as Dinwiddie. What the hell? I'll, I'm dead ass. Come on, nah, it's I'm not. Dead ass, it's not even that far off. Bro. I'm dead no, ass. How, bro. bro? Gordon Hayward's been doing his. Gordon Hayward thing, does everything bro. better. Literally, literally on the basketball literally. court, everything better. How are they on the same Stop. level? Gordon Hayward's an all star. Wait, what? Yeah, what do we say? He's been an all star in Utah. He hasn't been an all star in like but he's four years. Been bro. one. Dinwiddie has never in Did, life you could, been you one. You could argue there was one year when Dinwiddie averaged twenty two and seven. He should have been an all star. He played like what? He kept us afloat. He was one of the most inefficient point guards in the league. He kept us afloat. He was one of the most inefficient point guards in the league. Let's stop acting like. Let's stop acting like Gordon Hayward's an all star. Let's stop he hasn't like, been there in four years. Let's stop years. putting Dinwiddie yeah, in that in yeah, that in bro, that conversation. Last time we saw Dinwiddie on the court, twenty two no, and seven. Well, it's not you, bad because Dinwiddie can average twenty and seven, we, bro. So wait, wait, wait. Because because I mean, I've told me you two have told me at one point Gordon Hayward and Demar Derozan are on the same level. So are you telling me Demar Derozan and Spencer Dinwiddie are on the same level too? Is that what we're doing here? It's not that far off. Bro. I really don't it's think really it's that far off. It's not as far as you think it is. Yo, you're underrating how good Dinwiddie is. Dinwiddie's a really good player. No, Dinwiddie's a really good player. He's a really good player. He's a good point guard. Is he better than Reggie Jackson? Hell yeah, he is. Yeah. Is he better than playoff Reggie Jackson? No. Yeah, he is, bro. How you, how you figure? Then, then how do you figure? His regular season numbers are better than his than Reggie Jackson's. Well, look numbers at the, in the efficiency, yo, I, my yo, boy. Chad, Gordon Hayward or Spencer Dinwiddie. I want to see what you guys think, man. That's Gordon, crazy. Gordon Hayward is good, but he's not. What's Gordon Hayward doing? What's Gordon Hayward doing right now, bro? He's averaging just, I think, if not 20, just under 20. He's doing his thing. Yo, bro. Charlotte and, and Washington. Then when he just had a thirty-four point game. Charlotte and Washington are are literally. No, I agree. On the same level. I agree. They're on the same tier, but the on whole the Dinwiddie Hayward, you got to chill. Yo, no, it's Hayward really not is that not. Hayward off. is not the player you think he was four seasons ago. But whatever. He's, he's well, not. We're not going to talk about. Get, we're not going to talk. And five. Yeah, he firm. is good. He's really Hayward good. He's a really good player. He does everything on the floor good. He's a jack of all trades. Dinwiddie has been defending this year. He's it's been five yeah, bro, games. Five games. Well, that's yeah, how Dinwiddie gave you twenty and six. They're, they're Hayward, averaging the same as fast. But Gordon Hayward has been, has been doing this for a couple though. years. He's been this guy, it's, a jack of all trades that no, does Gordon everything. Gordon Hayward's a good player, but we're talking it's about been, right now. It's been bro. five games, but I want to say he's better after five games. I'm not going to do that because just because it's been five games, twenty-two and seven. They didn't play last year. JC, hold on. I want to hear what he has to say. It's interesting. I hate that. The chat says Hayward. The whole chat says Hayward. Well, that's good for them. <laughs> that's not my opinion. No, no, I'm saying he acts. That's why. Nah, yeah, okay, I mean, that's good. I don't think it's that far off. The reason why I hate that statement when people say it's been five games, it's been this and that, it's just a way of people to say things when they haven't been watching things for themselves. Because when you watch this Wizards team, it's a different team. I don't, I know based off watching the Wizards, Bradley Beal is defending at a high level. You can say it's been five games, but it doesn't matter. He's been defending at a high level. And He's committed to that end of the floor. Wes Unseld, their coach, has them committed to playing defense. The reason why 
I get it, but at the same time, I can disagree because you can play great for a five-game stretch and then go on a 10-15 game stretch where you it's don't play the same level. That's why it's like you have to wait. Well, well Bradley Beal has shown us he can play that way. No, no, I'm, not that way. On, I'm not saying on the Bradley Beal. Spencer Dinwiddie has shown us he can play that way. You're talking about Beal when we're talking about Kuzma, Harrell. No, this this article whole point. This article is a Dinwiddie's No, I'm just saying from now we're talking about the Wizards. But the Wizards, Kuzma has shown me for a full season he can average 15, 16 a game. KCP has shown Three, me for four a, years ago. K, KCP has shown me for a full. I agree. Oh, well, I y'all just told KCP. me Gordon Hayward is still an All Star based on four years. Season I mean, ago. he I said he's been. An he's all-star. been around this. Been so Brook Lopez is an All Star too. No, he's been an All Star. He's been an All Star. See that, that now? Years ago. No. no. But okay. Brook Lopez has that's made like a, a bigger drop than like Gordon Hayward. That's a fact. But Brook Lopez has made a bigger drop in his career. Gordon Hayward's a good player. Brook Lopez developed a three point shot in that time. And it's become one of the best stretch bigs and but he was one of the, the best NBA. big men scorers at that time. Now he and now he's Gordon Hayward broke game. his leg, bro. And he's that's still a big. He's still a twenty. Like, come on, bro. Right, he's still like, a twenty five. That's a big bro. That's 2016, a big injury. Twenty sixteen was the last time he was on the Jazz. That was probably the last time he was an All Star. He averaged twenty sixteen. That was what five years ago. Okay, but then last season he averaged nineteen point six, which is a point and a half lower hey, than what he what averaged. In he's still the same guy. He's still the same guy. Take it easy, but yo, but you have to look at. But we just said that him and Dinwiddie, like they're in the same tier of players, bro. It's not. That far off. Not it's really not that players. far it's off. Not that, it's Yo, not, I can it's tell not you I have not off. watched Dinwiddie. For, I, I watched Dinwiddie religiously when he was when Kyrie was out, bro. He's a really good player, bro. He's giving you twenty two and seven. But bro. back to what I was saying. KCP has shown me for eight games he can average ten points. I agree with that. Harold has shown me for a full season he's that he's easy. a six man of the year candidate. He has. Facts. He like come on. Fair, that's Look, fair. This that's is fair. Th- this is another point because this fair. is what y'all Lakers fans love to Here do. Here we go. <laughs> Lakers fans love to hate on players when they have a bad stretch of games, and it, there's no. It's a whole season. That's what no, because Kuzma wasn't bad for the entire I'm not season. Talking about Kuz, this is what I'm saying. Let's see what he says, man. Who are <laughs> these? Are the all Lakers teams that the freezes that have left? Caruso, who y'all wanted back. Thank y'all you. wanted back. Thank you. You can't Carol, tell me. KCP. Um, Dennis Schroeder, who's doing pretty good in Boston, who was a six man of the year candidate before that too. He's been mid. He's been mid. Danny Green, who has been fantastic for Philly, and last year was a huge piece to them being the first seed in the East. Now, Riv, I have a quick question. Danny Green has been fantastic for Philly. Stop. I think it's crazy. In his role, yes, he has. Uh, in his role, we're not, we're not, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, yeah. I'm with you. All these players are players that the Lakers fan base trashed, and after every bad game, they go trending so on Twitter. Question. Quick but they're question. not bad players. Answer me this. When we traded for Russ and we lost KCP, we lost Kuz, we lost Harrell, who was I most vocal about being upset that we lost? KCP. Did I ever slander KCP? I said that I was going to miss KCP 100%. When Caruso left and was not going to resign with us, what did I say? I we were going to miss him. I get it. But I don't even, care about Kuz. But I don't even care with, about Harold. Even with KCP and Caruso, <laughs> your Lakers are still in the same position. Debatably. And our pick I'll and roll defense is and trash. I, and I do think... Caruso's I, I amazing do think on pick and roll defense. The fact that you were only upset about the KCP and subtraction... Caruso. And Caruso. And Caruso, but not the Kuzman Harrell, means to me that a lot of Lakers fans misevaluate the players they have on the roster. Not That's even. just it is what it is. Not even it is what as it is. As soon as LeBron got there, Kuzma maybe was, they just think they're trash in the roles they were given in LA. Yeah. That that is what it is. But Kuzma wasn't trash in LA, bro. Kuzma had bad moments in the playoffs. But when we needed him most, he was not. Lakers it. fans wanted Kuzma out. The reason, for, and uh, NBA fans, because NBA fans, this is how it happened. Lakers fans got tired of Kuzma not living up to being that third star on their team. Which was his And role. NBA <laughs> fans got tired of everybody overrating Kuzma the same way y'all are doing with Taylor Horn Tucker right now. Ooh. So, 
Kyle Kuzma, Kyle, Kyle Kuzma is still a very good player, and he can average 15 for the season along with seven boards. Lakers fans and most and Lakers and Laker community, y'all oh, y'all misevaluate your players and feel like they're trash when they're not. And then they go to different situations and they're blossoming and they're doing the things that y'all wanted them to do in L.A. Listen, Caruso, you said a lot of facts just now. I mean, not 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 me really. I mean, Caruso. I, I said it from day one. We're going to miss him because our defense right now is our biggest issue. Our At least our perimeter pick-and-roll defense is bad. We're not we're not switching right. Uh, Russell is having a rough time with that pick-and-roll. Our centers are having a rough time with that as well. Caruso did a great job of stopping that. KCP did a great job of stopping that. That's our biggest hole right now. Kuzma, what did he do for us that we don't have right now? Play defense. I mean, bazemore has been doing okay defensively. He that's has true. been. Yeah, but sure, Kuzma's true. a power forward, and he's a small four power forward. Bazemore's really, a sh- shooting guard. He really ugh, listen, man. I can't. You can't tell me that that Kuzma Do was solid for Spencer us last Dinwiddie season. Do you guys think Spencer shooting fifty percent from the three point line is sustainable? No, absolutely. <laughs> he's not. never. He's never shot over forty. He's going. He's going to shoot like thirty five to thirty six percent this year from the three. He I takes believe. a. Uh, he, he's a high volume three point shooter. He takes a lot of threes. But for one, for for sure. What he's doing, nineteen a game, that's for short stint. But we've, we've that. seen. I, that. I agree. He can we've average. We've I'm, I'm a believer in if you're good or great, you should be playing well for 40, 50 plus games. And when he's shown that, that before, season, look at the stats. So he, he we'll improved. See, like we even too. like we even know when Brooklyn made that playoff run, or when not the playoff oh, yeah, run, yeah, yeah, when facts. they made the playoffs and D'Lo was their guy. He wasn't really their quote unquote guy. It was Lavert, Dinwiddie. D'Lo and Lavert was hurt for half the year, yes. and it was really Dinwiddie step. Dinwiddie was their clutchest player that Both year. Both of them so. did their thing. Oh, yeah, Din- without Dinwiddie, we're not making the playoffs, bro. So we've seen Dinwiddie kind of lead the teams to the playoffs for it and be that second option. And Beal is better than D'Lo. So now you got Beal, who's not even playing up to par yet, but he's playing great defense with Dinwiddie, with all these guys supporting them. Rui's not even back yet. I like. I'm not saying this team is a sleeper to like you know make a 16. crazy run. A six seed is just barely making it past a plan. That's not that crazy. But in, a, to in say. the East, this strong a six seed like is the very Heat important. He were the six seed last season. Yeah, mostly due to COVID and stuff. But I think the Wizards. COVID's still around. I, I think yeah, yeah, but not as prevalent as it was last year. Fair enough. And ninety five percent of the NBA is vaccinated as well, so it's not going. You know, those but the East was way better than like it was that. last year, and that's a this fact. This year, oh yeah, it's way way better, better than it was. Last. So a six you seed right know, now no, could be a, we a have to team. stop. We have to stop assuming that. The teams that we thought were good in the East are good anymore. Like we're gonna talk about it in a few. We're gonna move on to the ne- this next subject, and then we'll go on to. Oh, uh, actually, this is a subject right here. Which team are you pressing the panic button on? For me, it's the Boston Celtics, and Your the, pick. the Celtics for me wow. were wasn't my pick. <laughs> I didn't pick them to do anything. I just said, let me finish before you make a face and frown and, fr- and frown and clown. <laughs> go ahead. I said the Boston Celtics with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and with the move, the moves they made this offseason, they can be a very good team. I said they can be as high as a third seed in the East and people are sleeping on them. But in reality, I couldn't have been more wrong. The reason I'm wrong is not because of the talent that they have. I'm wrong because they don't care. They bring no effort. And you said you're probably watching this and listening like, Joel, how do you know they bring no effort? Are you in the locker room? Do you know what's happening? I don't. But Ime Udoka, their head coach, does, and he called them out after they lost to the Wizards. And he said it started in shoot around in, in the early morning shoot arounds. I told them if y'all don't bring the, if y'all bring the same energy to the game, you guys are gonna get your asses kicked. And what happened? 
they got their asses kicked against Washington because there was no energy. They have no energy during morning shoot around. They are sluggish during during that. And during morning shoot around, you're not running drills, you're not practicing, you're just shooting around, and they look sluggish then. They're one comeback against the Hornets away from being a one in four team. Jalen Brown and Tatum have to go off for 30 every night for this team to have a chance at winning. And so far this season, Jalen Brown had that great game against the Knicks, nine points against Toronto, and then he had 13 points against Washington. Like Jalen Brown, where where's Jalen Brown been? He like where has he been? Do I count on Brown and Tatum both to be efficient, score 30 every night? No, I think, you know, one night. Tatum have his have his night one night. Brown have his night, but also is Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart, you were right about him. He's not a point guard, and I thought maybe he can grow into that role. But I I've read you guys the plus minus numbers when they announced they would make Smart the point guard. The Celtics are drastically worse with Tatum and Brown on the floor when Smart is with them on the floor. Right now, Marcus Smart is averaging seven point four points per game, five assists playing 37 minutes and shooting 25% from the field, 23% from three. And when they have Schroeder and Marcus Smart in the lineup together, that is Boston Celtics fans' worst nightmare. This team, I don't just think it's a bad start. I think they are not going to make the playoffs. The the Boston Celtics, this team will get blown up. This team will get blown up. Brown or Tatum, probably not Tatum, but Brown, Marcus Smart, one of their some of their core pieces will get traded after this season or by the deadline. This is not a good team. And I can't believe I didn't mention this in the offseason, but Ime Adoka, as much as I love his resume, even though he doesn't have much, much uh, a big resume outside of being an assistant coach, do I count on him being a better coach than Brad Stevens? I don't. Brad Stevens was a mastermind with the X's and O's. One of the best coaches he was, in the league. Yeah, he had a great winning record. Ime Adoka with a lesser roster than Brad Stevens has had. And Brad Stevens couldn't get the best out of this team. Do I trust Ime Adoka to do it? I don't. Celtics, I'm pressing the alarm. I'm worried about them. I don't think they'll figure it out. And there's other teams like the Pacers, Nets, Suns, and Clippers that are in that boat. But I'm not ready for them yet. I think they'll figure it out. Okay. The Celtics, though, I'm done with. They will not figure this out. The Celtics have a big problem right now. It's not just because it's been five games. They have a big problem. So you're hitting the panic button, and there's no coming back. You just think they're done. They won't make the playoffs. Okay. All right, so you're standing on that. Yeah, because right. like you said, I have I, I think Charlotte is a more cohesive team than Boston. Washington is a more cohesive team than Boston. And then you got the Nets. You got the Knicks. You got the Hawks. You got Philly. You got Miami. There's a lot of good teams in the Eastern Conference, and if, if Boston is sluggish like this, yeah, I'm done with them. So there's a few routes I could have took, you know, but my my I could have went Indiana, but I didn't I wasn't too high on them in the offseason. I could have went Phoenix, but I feel like they'll get it they'll get it going eventually. I could have went the Clippers, but two losses, I'm not gonna put it on them because they played really two, good two two good teams. For sure. So I'm not even gonna do that. I I, I was gonna say Boston, but he kinda took my Boston pick, so I'm just gonna piggyback off what he said. You know, a lot of he said I I felt the same way about Boston in the offseason. Marcus Smart wasn't a point guard. I wasn't a believer in the Dennis Schroeder signing. I feel like he's just not a fit there. I feel like Boston needs a legit point guard to really establish and run that offense and give Ricky Jason Rubio. Give Jason Tatum, oh, who's been really, really good too. Yeah, for Cleveland. Ricky Rubio. Great take. OD. He I forgot been... to tell you. That was a great Thanks, take bro. you said. Appreciate that. Forgot to tell you that. Um 
Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to get get them in position to score. They're like Paul George and Kawhi. They have that same type of similarity of those two. And what the Clippers kept lacking was a point guard to get them in positions until eventually Paul George and Kawhi just became point guards themselves. And that's what Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have to do. But they're just they're young. You know what I'm saying? They're young and they 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 don't have that growth in their ability yet to be those type of point guards. Jason Tatum has fallen off a little bit on defense. Jalen Brown, he hasn't been consistent as much. And like you said, Udoka, we thought he was going to be a player coach. We thought he was going to come in. He was going to bond with the team. He's calling him out. Yeah, he's calling him out. Five I, games I, into the season. I love that about him, but at the same time, they're not even they're five games in. You're calling him out already. That's that's a little too early for me. And if they're calling out, you're calling them out already. That means they might not respect you five games in already. They're, you think so? I mean, if, if I'm a coach and I'm, I got to call my guys out five yeah. games in, well, you, what's that say about me? What's that say about how they feel about me? You know what I'm saying? Just me personally. like I feel like it has less to do with how they perceive him and more so about him wanting the players to actually step up to the plate and play up to their potential. Because that's how I He's would He's probably take been it. saying that to them since the offseason. They, training they camp, know what though. type of season they had last year. They know the type of potential they came in with. They knew the type of year they I mean, needed they, to have. They could be ECF-type caliber team if they actually— I don't think they can. I don't no, think not they anymore. No, not they have anymore. too much holes. But they, I'm just saying— They don't, they don't have a point guard. They don't have a center. They don't have a real center. They don't really have a, a bench, Al Horford, honestly. when he plays, though— it, But he's a 6'9 center. You're right. You're right. I agree. No, Al Horford's 6'9"? He's 6'9". He's little. Really? He has a long wingspan. Outside, like, and I said this, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown need to have 30 a night for them to be in any game. Yep. Any game. And you saw it with, with the Knicks. They got lucky. Jalen went off for the 40. They were in that game. Granted, the, the Knicks honestly let him back in. And Tatum oh, had a terrible ass Charlotte game. went in there, blew him out. True. Charlotte blew him out. And then the comeback was lucky, let's be honest. But Jason, Was it lucky? It was a solid comeback. They're like like Joel said, they're one they comeback got, away. They got blown out yeah. by Toronto. Yeah, they like, did. They Toronto got embarrassed by Toronto. And spanked they them. Did. So it's like... Disciplined teams can go in Boston and easily just outplay them. They don't have to be the most talented. So this is one of my teams. I'm definitely. I'm not going to say they're not going to make the playoffs. Yet. I think Jalen Brown. I still am a believer in Jalen Brown and JT being just as good to get him in a play in. But this is not a team that I feel like can make it out the first round. This is a team that I think they might get in the first round and they'll lose or they'll just lose in the play in. I, I was never high on this team. It's just too many holes. First year head coach. And, and the comparison you made between Paul George, Kawhi, Tatum, and Brown. We compare Tatum and Brown to Kawhi and PG a lot. But in reality, they're the, they're the great value version of them. They're not Poland Spring. They're great value. And That's so rude. That's, that's so it's, rude. it's true. Because guess what? Tatum, he's not as good as Paul George. Paul George is better than Tatum. Paul George is better than Jalen Brown. So the Clippers' second best player is better than... Boston's two best players. I think Tatum is just as good that? as Paul George. Exactly. I, I think Paul, George, <laughs> Paul George's playmaking sets him apart. I think just okay. that smidgement, it sets. I think that's what puts. I think that's what puts. Like the playmaker is what put Paul George over. But I think he's just as. And defense, close. he's been a better defender. Too. But Paul George is clear of Jalen Brown. I want everybody to get that. He's no, clear he, of Jalen Brown. Yes. All yes. Right. Yes. But he's Paul George and Paul George has been playing fantastic for the Clippers. They've been losing too. All right, so I want to be clear on what I'm hitting the panic button on. Okay, oh, you should man. hit the panic button on your boys over there, in Indiana. No, I'm not going to do that. He's helping my fantasy. Thank you for that. Too. Why I'm not going to do this because they're hurt, they're banged up. Brogdon hamstring, Levert not playing, Warren not playing. When they all come together, it's going to click. I still believe I'm not losing hope. <laughs> Levert not playing sounds like every year, literally. Yeah, that's a fact. That being said, I still believe I'm not losing hope. Five games, no way. They've been in close games. They've lost by a point two times. So regardless of that, all right. <laughs> Why do you have so much energy, bro? Because I'm t- I, 
that was my squad. Them and the Kings. The Kings are making me look good. The Pacers, they're the folding. Pacers are dead one and four. That's all right. I still believe. All right. So I want to be clear. I'm not hitting the panic button on them as a just this regular season. I still think that they will make the playoffs 100%. I am hitting the panic button on their championship aspirations, and that's the Brooklyn Nets. Now, every single night, it's the Kevin Durant show. 100%. Kevin Durant has been spectacular oh, up until this point. you're pushing in on Brooklyn? How about I am. Wow, okay. And it has nothing to do with KD because KD has been spectacular. But even still, they haven't been winning games. They're, what, 2-3 and three right now? Yep. A, a good win against the Wizards. A good win against Philly. <laughs> but a couple bad losses. Now, only reason I'm hitting the panic button is, one, Kyrie's not there. And they need that second option right now. You saw his uh, Instagram post? That means nothing shape, about him coming back. The no, I think it's a, it's like the, the thing where you put the thing the, over. The, the same salt, thing, the yeah, sand. It's like Thank clock's you. ticking like he's about to come back. No. I don't know. It's not what weird. it means. So I think there's two. That, it might be. There's two reasons I feel as if they've been struggling. Obviously, Kyrie's not there. And unfortunately, your, boy, your boy's woes right now. As of right now. Shape. Now, I'm not. <laughs> and listen, I'm not laughing like they are because I agree. He'll be back. But at the same time, I'm not overlooking this free throw thing. This is the lowest free throws he's shot since 2011. And we spoke about this a little bit. The refs have been all around in the NBA, not as whistle happy as they've been in the past. But I'm happy about that because that was their big enforcement coming into this season. But at the same time, he doesn't look good. He looks like he's he's trying to create contact like he's always been doing and where he's been getting the benefit of the doubt going to the line. This season, the the, the refs are, are holding their whistle, and he's struggling a little bit. Obviously, his facilitating is always going to be there. But James Harden averaging 16 points is something that no one at this table saw happening at all. Well, Dame's averaging 17. And listen, I'm with you right there, We're too. I'm talking about Dame right Yo, now. Come I'm on. just saying, man. He's been playing bad. Bro loves to always bring in Harden to every situation. Now we're talking about Harden. <laughs> now he's got to bring someone else up. That's okay. That's all right. No, I'm just messing. But I I am concerned because we all expected them to come out guns blazing. They they needed to look more polished because they had already a season of playing together. They don't look polished. They don't look well organized. Defensively, they've been around middle of the pack. 15th. They really, middle of the pack, yeah, right? Yeah. And their interior presence has is not there. Already. It, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, what are they really doing in the paint? Nicholas Claxton is getting bullied in the paint. They need that second option. Kyrie needs to get vaxxed. He needs to come back because he immediately would help this team because it relieves the pressure off Kevin Durant. They they get that scoring option that Harden just isn't right now that I do believe he will be. Once he gets into real basketball shape, because what he's in right now is not basketball shape. It's barely shape. He does not look good out there. He but I think he, I think he will be, I think he will be all right. Come December, come January, I expect the Nets to to start clicking. But if Kyrie Irving doesn't come back, and James Harden takes his time to 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 get back into basketball shape, as constructed right now, I'm not confident in the Nets winning the championship right now. I did believe you guys were going to come out like on fire. They like had to. Guns we were supposed to. Yeah, like killing, like with our identity. Like yeah, we're going to come like, out and kill. Lamarcus people. Aldridge came back of retirement, came back. Blake Griffin resigned. You got you get Bruce Patty Brown Mills resigned. Like you guys are supposed to be one of the deepest teams in the NBA, and we've yet, we haven't Millsap, seen it. Patty, it was like, and Millsap's done nothing. He's only getting like ten minutes a game, but, but he's an old dude. Like that I don't wasn't to, why he's only getting ten minutes though. Talk, JC. Yeah, you? go ahead. No, I mean, I mean look. Now he, talk about your he, panic team. You don't. No, I, you no, can respond to the, the Nets. This what this the Nets are kind of my panic team for the most part. I agree with you, but I'm gonna go a little bit more in depth. Um, the biggest. The, the thing that's making me the most uncomfortable, I've stated this in the past episodes, is Steve Nash's head coaching ability. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I, I said last year, we had Mike D'Antoni, who everybody knows he was the front runner. He was the, the, the play caller for our offense. He got us into these sets. It was more of a, so like a red shirt season for Steve Nash as a head coach. Learn from Mike D'Antoni. And I said, Jacques Vaughn was our defensive coach. Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni, they don't really care about defense. So with Mike D'Antoni leaving, now this is Steve Nash's year to coach. Yep. And so far it's looked horrible. He doesn't know what he's doing. His clock management is horrible. His rotations are atrocious. Paul Millsap's only getting 11 minutes a game. Nick Claxton is starting for whatever reason. I don't, I mean. I, but Nets I, fans were begging for Nick Claxton to get more minutes. I, look, I think they, they were. were. I, I begging. Think, I think they were. They were begging because we had DeAndre Jordan on the roster last year. Fair enough. And he was he was really that bad. Like, he was horrible. So, you know, anything last year from DeAndre Jordan was an upgrade. You can attest to that. He's been atrocious on the Lakers. But, I mean, look, outside of, look, outside of the coaching, I mean, James Harden's style, like, not his style of play, obviously, you know, you see it. I watch it every night. He's still trying to draw fouls. He's not in basketball shape. I think that hamstring injury kind of got to him mentally as far as phys- as well as physically as well. I mean, he was saying he didn't have time to get repetitions in the summer, play five on five, whatever. I mean, only he knows if he's telling the truth. I mean, I've never seen James Harden come into a season this bad. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But just the, the head coaching aspect of Steve Nash's rotations, he doesn't know what he's doing. He will sit Bruce Brown, who's one of the – Best fact. contributors to our Can team. Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Does his rotations remind you of Steve Kerr's? No. He doesn't. No. His ro- Steve his, Kerr's puts together his, some good lines. His rotations His rotations remind no. me of when Jason Kidd was the head coach. Like, Really? Yes. They I were, only ask you because they have similar. The way you speak, they sound like they have similar rotations. You're not a fan of Kerr's rotations? Nope. Really? Jason like this, Kidd is 3-1 right now. Yeah. He's lit. He's he, as, they almost blew it to the Spurs. Yo, the Spurs suck. Yo, they, they, they play hard, but they, they just, do play they're hard, losing. Though. No, yeah, They do play extremely like hard. I'm, I'm about to add the dude on Twitter like, yo, we still making that $200 bet? <laughs> I mean. The only reason I said that was because I've seen like, uh, I mean, like Steve, Steve Kerr, he makes subs with, like he makes the wrong subs and has the wrong rotation yeah. and keeps him in for long stretches. And the way you speak on him, and Steve Nash comes from Kerr, so the way you speak on him, it sounds I, like they're similar I, I don't, I don't know if it's more so Steve Nash being clueless or him literally trying to experiment with everything. But I think I think I think with the way the season's going right now, us being two and three, James Harden playing bad, I kind of I don't think it's time to experiment. Uh, I think you have to throw out your best lineup. You have to make up ground just in case Kyrie comes back. This team was really constructed for the big three for Kyrie Irving, James it's Harden, Kevin Durant. Now that one of them is gone, you're asking Joe Harris, who in the playoffs we saw as a second how or third option. How much more option, do you need? What do you mean for KD and Harden? Like how much more? But do like, you think need? about it. If KD is supposed to be the best player in the world, and James Harden is supposed to be a top five player in the world, there's how much no more excuse. Do you need? But but listen, but but hear me out though. You tell me if these are good like. Second, third option. They're not. Joe Harris is not. Joe Harris this year shooting thirty three percent from the field goal, and and this is a career low in three point shooting percentage this year. And he's a cone on defense. He can't guard anybody. He's been that. You have Nick Claxton who's starting. Who this is his first year starting. His rookie year he barely got any reps. His second year he, uh, which was last he barely got any reps. This year is his first year starting. You throwing him to the wolves. You throwing him to play freaking Giannis the first game of the season. You can tell off that he's not ready. You have Paul Millsap who's an aging vet. These guys are just more so supposed to be spot-up players, play their roles. Now with Kyrie Irving being out, everybody has to step up offensively. Joe Harris he, Joe Harris can't be this 11 points per game, 34% three-point shooter because as much as like you think he's ex- as expendable as you think he is, Kyrie Irving is a guy that's a 50, 40, 90 player. 
And if you take him off any team or off our team, you see you see what's going on. James, yeah, look now, at what happened me, in Boston. Boston ain't been the same since Kyrie. Left. But now let me ask you this: <laughs> They went to the ECF they, after yeah, that because they replaced him with Kemba. Then what happened after that? I, I, oh, I, yeah. I just think it, it's just bad. And then like Steve Nash is playing Javon Carter. He's giving you one like Javon a Carter's point a game. Like, yeah, he, he doesn't. Know I love Javon Carter at college though. I hear, I hear he he's like a what he's doing. Doing. But, but we're not we're wow. not saying we need we're not <laughs> saying man man we're not saying I don't know if I'm saying we need more help. I'm more. I so think saying, that's what it sounds I, I'm more like. So, I know, but listen, I'm more so saying we need Kyrie Irving because this team but, was constructed for a big three. It's not constructed for just two guys. I think you guys constructed with just for just two guys. No, but I think you guys got the depth. In case one guy goes down, you had enough depth where you'll be okay. So that's why I'm saying. Personally, I wanted to trade Joe Harris in the offseason. But you I guys, but this I is, didn't want him on the team anymore after that. Fans. Man, imagine if they had Sadiq Beto. We drafted him. We traded. We traded Landry Shaman yeah, for him. He would have been a day. I was but so you, tight when we traded him. But two Mets fans night. were so high on Joe Harris when he led the league in three point percentage, and now that he's not hitting. It's a problem. Listen, regular, you guys were high on Patty Mills. He's been on Lakers. Well, hold on. But listen, you guys were high out. on BG. You got him back. You guys got Paul Millsap. You were like, all right, yeah, good. We got more depth. Been you guys got LA early, but yeah, LA, he has been terrible. LA came back. You were like, yes, we got more depth. Time out, Joel. You guys after, have been after, raving after, about after, his depth. What what has always been my problem with Joe Harris? It's always come what come playoff time. He's late. But this is the playoffs right now. This is dead week one. But this is what I'm telling you. If Joe Harris is playing bad in the regular season, you think he's going to step up in the playoffs? You think he's going to be our third option? regular season right now you paid him 18 plus to do what he's he's acting like i want i wanted joe harris gone i think that we i think we should have got a defensive center or or a defensive wing it's not it's not that i just don't think the team right now is constructed is 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 really good for counter and i'll answer that question patty mills has been a surprise though he's been pretty good the nets need these two things and they'll be fine and they will be fine trust me on that championships though not sure. But <laughs> that's that's, that's my not sure. That's what but I, they'll be what fine. They still have the number one odds to win. I don't know why. They need a real center. Claxton they need a real center. That's the first thing it. that they need. That's and that's been a problem since Claxton last season. Is not it. Second, they need James Harden to get back into shape, which he will. And yeah, quote me on this. Record me. Screen record. Whatever. He will be back early December. You're not saying anything we don't know. Yeah, early know. early December to like Christmas. He's going to be James Harden. And once he steps it up, Brooklyn's going to start winning. Think, yeah, He's like, going to be I've, in the MVP really, race. That's it. Like, the depth is and fine. I don't, and that's what I think. I don't think... I think the depth is fine. Joe Harris will start hitting. You just need Harden to be Harden. And, and look, players... open up the floor so and much Joe more. Harris, Joe Harris isn't the only player that doesn't play well in the playoffs, even though he does good in the regular season. A lot Great of players like that. Danilo Gallinari is, an, is a guy who in the in the regular season averages like 18 to 20 a game in the playoffs. Yeah, but right Look now, at his stats. They're not good. Right now, Joe needs to be our third option right All, now. With in Kyrie the playoffs, Ellis. usually things are very volatile because it is a short series, right? So in the playoffs, numbers can fluctuate. But Joe Harris... In the playoffs, this time around, I think he will figure it out. I don't think he'll be bad again. Wait, well, I'm what, not ready what, to commit what, to what that. makes you? What makes you? Yeah, what what makes you I just don't think he'll have three straight bad playoff blunders. I just don't think three so. is a lot. I just don't. I think, think he, three or was it like four. No, three. Three. So what, first year against Philly, Kyrie Toronto in the like, bubble. Oh, you mean like a totality? Okay. They and need and Kyrie Irving. They need Kyrie Irving to win a championship for yes. sure. We do with James Harden and Kevin Durant. I feel their odds for me are 60-40. 60% I'm in on them. It's still good. With Kyrie, though, it's 90%. I think they'll win a championship. With Kyrie Irving, it, I'm borderline my, 100%. Look, my biggest problem with this team, above anything else, is our head coach. I don't know if Steve Nash's inexperience is going to cause us 
I just I just don't know. As a coach, to me, from based off his rotations and everything, he kind of seems clueless. And he kind of seems clueless. You know, I don't think Steve comes, Nash is a good coach. I, I don't think I don't. so either. But you know what's, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? When Kevin Durant went to Golden State, the same things were said about Steve Kerr. He's not a he good coach. He won a coach, championship, though. But that's that's my thing. The same things Steve were said Nash, about Kerr. The players Kerr. will ultimately the players will overcome. Fix that, bro. They, they, you have those players. They'll overcome that. You have, you have three of the top two, two, ten. Two, 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 two. No, no. Listen, Kyrie's coming back. You have three. Of the top ten most no top seven most offensively gifted players of all time, all that Steve Nash is a bad coach thing. I get it, but when they all play, it's gonna overcome that. The same way when people are saying Steve Kerr is a bad coach, Kevin Durant, Steph, and Clay Draymond, they overcome that because they're just that great of the players. I get it; he's not looked too good, but it's really honestly, honest to God, all it is, it's Harden isn't look. Once Harden it. gets nah, to that MVP mode, that's and Kevin it. Durant and him are at that MVP mode, it really doesn't matter what Nash does. Think about it. Doesn't matter, bro. Think about it like Javon this. Carter Harden, starting and all. I don't it, know. It, it doesn't matter if he plays ten minutes. Once Harden gets to MVP mode, it doesn't matter who's on the court, bro. When Harden is Harden, we'll finish off with this. Think about how much the court, the floor opens up. Because with KD just being KD, that's not enough. Because you know Kevin Durant's going to do him regardless of, of who's He's hitting, hooper, who's bro. not. He's nice. But when James Harden's hitting with KD, when Kyrie's hitting with KD, when Kyrie was hitting with Harden, the two of them were able to run through the East. You need himself. two. You can't have Harden averaging just under 17 points no, and, and expect to be a top seed in the East. Especially right now, they're getting better. Miami is is clearly getting better. Milwaukee's going to be there. The Knicks are getting better. The Bulls are getting better. Charlotte is getting better. I didn't even mention the Hawks. Things are getting are going to get dicey, especially if Harden doesn't pick it up and if Kyrie never comes back. <clears throat> so now we're going to talk about our sponsor, DraftKings. You got it in the top left right here. The NBA is back, and at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA, the key to victory is a strong starting five. I personally, my all-time starting five, Steph Curry, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, KD, and Elijah. And that would be my all-time I, starting five. I can't believe five. James Harden wasn't in there. I'm shocked. This is my all-time. Michael Jordan. Yeah. The key kidding. to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and if they do... You win $200 in free bets. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with the, with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets ready. from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized betting partner of the NBA. Shout out to DraftKings. I'm definitely going to use some of that same game parlays. I know you do it, Drew. Love my gambling service. 100%, especially this Sunday. Uh, football's going to be live. I haven't looked at the lines yet. Actually, I have looked at the lines. There's a few games I like. I would have put money on on Green Bay plus six and a half. We spoke about that. That hit. Uh, there's something that's interesting. Teasers. Take a look at teasers. They fix the lines. Plus six, plus seven. As long as you take five to six teams, you have that teaser. Things could get interesting. And there's a lot of good games this week. So take a look at it. Yeah, shout out to DraftKings Sportsbooks and shout out to the Basketball Podcast Network. We are a part of their network as an affiliate. And that's all we have this right here, DraftKings right here. Making me. making big time moves. Oh, oh. Yeah, it's on top of you right now. <laughs> put on top of the realest one. 
DraftKings. So. Shout out to them. You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about this, right? Because, you know, inside the NBA, they're famous for their game, who he played for, where Charles Barkley tries to guess where where, where the 14th best player on the team plays for, like, you know, Garrett Temples and Ish Smiths and all those guys. And I was like, wow, that's such a funny segment. I would love to do that on this show. But I don't want to just jack their style. Yeah, we got to figure out something of our own. I did figure something out. Oh, wow. Okay. And you, you know what it could be? I don't have it uh-huh. for, I don't have a set of players for this episode, but it could definitely be something in the future. You know that Twitter debate, basketball players and hoopers? Mm-hmm. We can have a segment with, with uh, talking about and picking who are basketball players and who are hoopers and who are both. Okay. So we can be like uh, Omar Ashik, basketball player or hooper. Okay. He's, he's a definitely a basketball player. He's a basketball player. <laughs> oh, where are you? He was at the game yesterday. Cam, Cam Thomas. Oh, he had the gang out there. Kirk Thomas, Keith Bogans. Everybody was there. Cam Thomas. <laughs> Keith Bogans. Hooper. Hooper. Cam Thomas is a hooper. Hooper. Spencer Dinwiddie. Yo, hooper. hooper. Bones Highland. Hooper. Hooper. Dad Easily nice. Hooper. Dad nice. Who can I? Uh, Hoopers Jamal are like the, Crawford. Hooper. Cooper's like the guys me? who never really work out. They're just naturally What's nice. What's Lonzo Ball? Bit of both. He was a hooper in high school. I think he he's a dumb. basketball player in the NBA, though. Yeah, that's yeah. He's a hooper in high school, basketball player now. How about Alexi Shved? <laughs> European <laughs> basketball. player. Bad. What about Josh Giddy? <laughs> basketball. He's player. a hooper, bro. Really? No. Josh no. A hooper. He's a basketball Josh player. Josh Giddy got some flair to his game. His game is not bad. That's that's like if, Lonzo's, if Lonzo's not a hooper, we can't say Josh Giddy. Yeah, that's a, a fact. No, Lonzo <laughs> was a hooper. He definitely was. Oh, bro, at UCLA. He Remember was when he dropped dumb. somebody and then tried to pick him back up? Yeah, no, that was OD. Yeah, he, he dropped him and then he, Yo, he found him. He helped him up. I would have never took his hand. Like, nah. And you remember that step back basically from the logo at UCLA? It's different. That bro. was probably the, the highlight of his UCLA. Yeah, how about time. RJ Barrett? Definitely a basketball player. Ooh. Without a doubt in my mind. Is it because he can't score? Are you only saying like people that can score are hoopers? You just, you just you can feel that hooper. To from be a guy. hooper, you have to have a bag. Yeah, like it's really just a guy Sorry, with King. a bag. He doesn't have a RJ bag. RJ don't got a bag. LeBron's not a hooper. Basketball player. It's the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. How he doesn't have K- a bag? No. He's both. That bag sucks. KD. Oh my god. KD is a hooper. No duh. Kyrie Hooper. Wait, Harden, wait. Hooper. Nah. What about Cam Reddish? All right, hold on. Before we go on, a little bit of both. You are the biggest player, hater though. I've ever heard in my entire LeBron life. LeBron bag sucks. How does it suck that exactly? Little, when he look at the ball. Yeah, that shit is trash, bro. Honestly, we can't. We, we can't say it on on pick a side, but you know what it's called. What is? The <laughs> fuck you three. <laughs> bro, that that's shit's goaded. Yeah, it's garbage. It's the worst move I've ever seen. Then why does it go in? Okay. What do you want me it's to do? It's the worst about move it? and it still works. So the sky okay. hooks ass? No, it is ass, but it goes in. It, it really is ass. So how about the in. step back? Step Arden. back is cool. So the step like back, the step, the step yeah. back is fire. I'm not gonna lie. The step but back that's is basically okay. what LeBron does. No, LeBron does. Like he a, looks down like an idiot, and then he dribbles idiot. once, and then he pulls it back, and he shoots. If it's so dumb, no, why go, can't they guard it? No, it's life. Great players. The sky hook is the it's garbage, but it goes in. What's Scotty Barnes? Basketball, basketball player. player. He's, a basketball he's player. on his way to being a hooper, 100%. And just a disclaimer, this doesn't mean somebody's better or worse. It's just yeah. a yeah, KPJ KPJ's a hooper. KPJ's, Jason Williams? Jalen Green is a hooper. Jason Williams is a hooper. Jason Williams That's is a hooper. So KPJ's a hooper. He's hard. But LeBron James is not a hooper. KPJ's bag is a thousand times better than God, LeBron. What's wrong with you? God. What's you wrong with you? Do you know what a hooper is? What's wrong Honestly with you? Do you know what a hooper is? Yo, watch this. I'm, I'm have you seen LeBron? Have you seen LeBron getting his size up and get baggy? No, it's garbage. So because he doesn't have handles? Definitely a basketball yeah, that's op- that's. I mean, it's it's a dude with a bag. A hooper is like a dude with a bag. Clay is a one thousand percent the purest basketball <laughs> player ever. Like no bag. Chris just Middleton. A little, he's, he's gained a little Yo, bit Karis of a Lever, bag. Karis Levert. Hooper. Hooper. All right. Hooper. 
Uh, Chris is sneaky both now. We so forget that behind on. the back through the defender's legs, right? We forget that. that. Bro, accidents. it's okay. LeBron's not the best at everything. He's a great, he's a legendary basketball player. He says that, but all I'm saying is he's not a hooper is crazy to say. But Bro, he's ahead. a legendary basketball player. That's all I don't want to hear. He's, he's a legendary the, athlete. Yeah, he's the worst hooper ever. <laughs> it's like trash bag. Go to the next segment, please. <laughs> Let's talk about this right here. New NBA foul rules. That's a great move. A lot of star players right now are struggling. James Harden, Damian Lillard, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul. I know he's not a superstar, but Michael Porter Jr. is also struggling. <laughs> All these players are struggling, and I guess we can say the common reoccurring theme is these new foul rules, right? Trey Young came out, and he called these new foul rules out. He said, there's a reason why... There's a reason why these players are averaging 17. Trey Young said, when's the last time Damian averaged 17? He said these refs are simply not calling these fouls and not calling it. So what do you think, Riv? Do you think that these new foul rules are helping or hurting the NBA? Do you think the refs are holding their whistle a little bit too much? What are your thoughts? Um, I think the league, the refs are just adjusting. You know what I'm saying? It's, this offseason, we've seen a change in the game. We've seen guys Weird. develop, you know, they, they decided to take these rules out and they decided to make the game a little bit more physical. I think I personally have loved the game. I feel like it's been played on both sides. You know, both teams aren't getting the right calls. I also think guys are still getting used to, you know, they, they have to adjust to their games. They're still getting used to foul baiting. I feel like you shouldn't be going out there to foul bait anyways. You should go out there just to try to score regardless. That foul baiting shouldn't even be in the game. But nonetheless, you know, I think refs are still adjusting the same way players are. And we have to give refs kind of that leeway. They are missing some calls, but they've always been missing calls. That's never that's always been a part of the game. But at the same time, they're not going to give you those calls that helps offensive players. And I think it's affected some. But, you know, guys that they've highlighted, like Trey Young, Steph Curry, they've been all right. You know, James Harden is... It's it like I said before, and I think me and you we we agreed on this. James Harden's foul baiting it hasn't been the reason why he's been struggling. It's been more because of his shape, his his shape and his weight, and him not being in physical shape to be able to crazy, um, to be able to you know stay in this game. But I think the foul baiting isn't affecting these guys. They're just you know the physicality of the game is affecting these guys more than anything because the calls aren't being there, so they're getting back to that physicality in the NBA, which I love. So this is an interesting topic to me because obviously I was speaking on it a little bit before with Harden. I'm not too worried about these guys. I'm not thinking too much of it. Obviously, when you're a superstar caliber type player, you go through your woes sometimes, but you get it back. You you, uh, uh, eventually get back to your form. I'm not worried about Dame. I'm a little bit more worried about Harden just because he's not in basketball shape. Dame will get his shot back. He will get back to his usual 25, 26 points per game. He's struggling right now. So is Harden. Only reason I'm a little bit more concerned with Harden right now because he's not in basketball shape. But other than that, I think the foul calls, there's still people getting to the line. It's because they're they're aggressive and they're driving to the cup. I'm looking at Harden. I'm looking at, I'm not looking, maybe a little bit of Dame, but at the same time, more, more so Harden. They're not really aggressive when it when it comes to driving to the basket. And if they are aggressive, it's that that flimsy go up and try and force the, the defender to, to make contact with you. If you just go straight up and try and, and make a, a contested layup, you have one, a chance of converting the M1 and two. They're going to call a whistle if it's an obvious foul down low. I will say you guys are 100% right. I The game against the Suns where uh, the Lakers got blown out. We, we got pretty we got handled. 
I felt that there was a lot of times where there should have been calls that were not calls, especially with Russ driving to the cup, AD driving to the cup, LeBron driving to the cup. So there's an issue right now with fouls, but at the same time, if they are just more consistent and more aggressive in that sense, I feel like the whistles will inevitably come. But right now, I'm only worried about Harden because of his basketball shape, and I think that that's not going to be an issue, and ultimately we're not going to think about this too much. Um. I kind I like it as a fan, but I find myself kind Agreed. of like getting outraged, just like the players, like James Harden. Like when he drives to the baskets, there's been times where he's gotten fouled, and I'm like, "Yo, where's the foul?" I think like that style of the NBA with the foul baiting, I've gotten so used to it as a fan that now I think everything's a foul. But um, I think it's good for the game. Um, I think it actually shows like it actually shows who really needs fouls and who doesn't. Like Kevin Durant right now is averaging 30 points per game. Someone like Kyrie Irving, he could average 27, 28 points per game. He doesn't even get to the free throw line on the out. So this just shows, like, who who has the ability to power through the fouls and, you know, finish plays. James Harden, for the better half of a decade, has been, you know, the poster child for, you know, trying to draw fouls, kicking his legs out, hooking people's arms. I saw on a drive the other night, he caught um, Bam Adebayo with a head fake, had Facts. a clear line drive to the basket waits for bam you can see he in the corner of his eye waits for bam at a bio to hand check him grabs his arm and then just throws it up hits nothing air ball doesn't get the call so um i i like that aspect of it even though james Harden's on my team i have championship aspirations i i like it. it it reminds me more of like park basketball where you can get physical and you know the real hoopers are gonna are are the people that don't don't always call foul. You know, you power through the layups, you finish the and one. With the nice strokes with, on the jump shots. Yeah, I guess. Good jump shots, you know, tough layups. It, it's kind of like park basketball, and you just see what type of players Steph. are like that. I mean, yeah, Steph's been pretty In good. the fourth quarter now. <laughs> oh, that's an overrated stat. But I mean. Over, bro, he's 0 for 11. I don't know. Like, I feel like. Overrated I feel stat. like this style of play. Your team has caters more towards these. Shut up. Yeah, so does mine. We're losing right now by the like my team. They beat you. No, he's talking about the Warriors right now. Okay. They ain't beat them. Oh, but I mean, look, I, I feel no. like it. It, 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 it kind of gives us like a, like a, like a, a sense of how it was back in the day with like not drawing, not calling these fouls or whatever. I like it. I think the refs are a little bit excessive, but like, like I said, they're adjusting to something new as are the players. So I think like we're more down the line. You know, the, these blatant fouls will be called, but the foul being like the trying to. Uh, jump into the space of the defender who's closing out on you or the hooking of the arms. I think that's great to be gone from the game. I don't think that's basketball. And I, I like it as a fan, even if my second best player is struggling off of it. One of the reasons he's struggling, obviously basketball shape is probably number one, but it's good. It, it, it's going to, it it, it it makes, the game's not as slow. You don't have to pause, go to the free throw line every five possessions. So it, it, it's good. It shows you who the real hoopers are. And it reminds me like of how we, how we are in the park. You know, nobody's going to call foul on every play. You got to power through it. And a lot of these players like James Harden, they, they have to learn how to play like that. It's going to be an adjustment, but you have to learn how to play. The refs have to start calling fouls. That's really point blank period. I need to man up. Facts. That's also a fact too. That's probably mm-hmm. not what you were saying against the Knicks yesterday when the Bulls, when the refs didn't call a lot of calls. Zach no, Levine got visibly frustrated. No, but I didn't say it. I, I literally went to Discord and I said, I didn't care about the fouls. We good to get physical. You thought Alonzo was fouling Julius Randle in a couple of drives? I thought it was grown man physicality. No, Knicks Bulls a rivalry. Foul is a foul. I thought it was back to the yeah. days. That's what I thought. I thought we was playing aggressive. I thought they was letting us play. <laughs> no, if we're playing aggressive, if, you know the Knicks are more if aggressive. Tra- if Trey Young's having get success, down and there's, dirty. there's no excuse. Hey, yo. huh? If Trey Young's still having success, there's no excuse. He's, ultimately. he's surprisingly 
averaging what twenty seven a game. He's having success, but that's what I'm saying. If Trey Young, who's he's been not playing apart, for the whistle anymore, though, if you clearly watch his game, that's exactly what I'm saying. You're, if you're like that, you change your game up. Obviously, we know Harden's like that, but right yeah, now he's not. He'll, he'll fry LeBron. He'll fry LeBron. Who? <laughs> <laughs> nah, he dead cut though. He would. Nah, he did. Man. He's done it before. Ew. Uh, so look, when talking about these new foul rules, the refs had to start calling fouls. I understand that they want to take the foul bidding out the game. You were right about James Harden and how he's trying to hook players' arms, defenders' arms. Yeah, that does still happen. He's but been you, doing that. You have to understand. Forever. Yeah, and it's instinctual, but that's how the game was played, right? The same way that Chris Paul, when somebody's running into him full, well, when Chris Paul is dribbling up the court full speed, stop. he stops yep. out of nowhere on a, on a dime and a player bumps into him, and now it's a foul on the defender. Patrick Beverly tried to do it, and he got called for an offensive foul. I like that part of it. But clearly, you can see from how these first couple of games have been, the foul, the refs are not calling blatant fouls. Mm-mm. Blatant fouls. Yeah. And that's where the players are getting frustrated. I don't think Dame, Harden, and Westbrook are playing <laughs> bad or CP3 because of these rules. I just think it's been five games for them. They're going to re- eventually find their rhythm and their flow. But Dame is averaging 18 points per game, shooting 33% from the field, 17% from three. James Harden hasn't been that bad, yet James Harden is the poster child for, oh, these new fouls are affecting his game, and this is why he's bad. Well, what about Dame? You know, Trey Young talked about it. Trey Young said, yo, these guys are getting fouled. The refs are not calling it. And Trey Young is adjusting, and I get that, but also Trey Young is in basketball shape. He's been ready. He played in the Eastern Conference Finals. James Harden is still getting into that shape. He had a rehab all offseason. I like these new foul rules. I ultimately want to see this physicality back because I love it when these players can just get they can just get rough and defend <laughs> and do what they no got to do. Because it's it's twenty it's like 2010 basketball to me, and I grew up in that era, uh, 20, 2009, 2010 to like 2013, where the refs weren't blowing the whistle for every single call. And in that era, I saw James Harden dominate as well, you know, when the fouls weren't as prevalent. So I think he'll figure it out. I like these new rules, but at the same time, the refs have to call the foul a foul. And some of these fouls are blatant. Yeah, they're definitely missing a lot of fouls. But at the same time, they're trying to just keep it. I guess they're trying to keep it even at the same time. You know, I don't know. I feel like it, there's a way to call it and there's a way to, you know, be in the middle of it. So it's, it's tricky. Like they're adjusting just like us, you know, so it's going to be tricky to show. I think, again, like I've said a few times now, it's inevitable that they'll find their stroke, that they'll be getting to the line in different ways than actually trying to actually force the defense to to make the foul and not them actually earning the foul by being aggressive. I think inevitably James Harden will be fine. Damian Lillard will be fine. But until we see that, I'm going to stay a little bit concerned. But eventually, but I don't, I don't doubt these guys. They're too good. They're both top ten players. Damian Lillard shooting less than twenty percent from three is not something that I see continuing for the rest of the season. I think it, Damian Lillard's too good of a player, too good of a shooter to stay that low. It's a bad stretch. It's early in the season. We're gonna see both of them come back eventually. We just need to see Harden start doing suicides. On to the next topic. Nah, suicide was crazy. <laughs> Yo, that Steph stat was like the last three games. Yes, 11? bro, he's been bad. I could have swore he scored. Man said overrated stat. Three games over 11 in the fourth. I really crazy. thought he scored in the fourth against Memphis. Could just be me, though. I thought he scored. On to the next topic. Must be cat. Most surprising team in the NBA so far. I want each of you guys to name two and tell me who do you think can sustain it. 
I'll go first. The Minnesota Timberwolves, they have been amazing, 3-1. and one. They're a top-five defensive team, and Anthony Edwards was asked after the win against the Bucks, you know, how do you stay prepared? How do you, you know, what's been the key to this amazing defense? And he said, it's because we got two defensive, two players that can make the defensive team this year, you know, Kogi, Vanderbilt. He said, shit, I might be on one of those teams because he's been great defensively. Cat. Has been playing defense. He's playing with passion. He made that a point of emphasis to say in his post-game press conference as well. The Timberwolves, to me, can sustain it. I think they will be fine. I think they'll be good. And I told you guys, they have the talent. They have a good, they have a they have players who play defense like Vanderbilt, Okogi, McDaniels, Cat, Anthony Edwards, Pat Be- Patrick Beverly. They're my surprise team in the West. I stand by that. They will be the fifth seed in the West. There's no doubt in my mind. Second team, Cleveland Cavaliers. They're another team that they play amazing defense. And because of their amazing defense, they're in every game. And we'll talk about it more in the rookie segment. But he's, Evan Mobley is lights out phenomenal. Oh, my goodness. You're sick right he now. is. That's why he went first. He is awesome. <laughs> he's so smart. Evan Mobley is great. Uh, they've been playing his zone defense, his 3-2 defense, and they have Evan Mobley at the, at the top of the key where like a point guard would be, and they have him defending guards. It's brilliant. J.B. Bickerstaff is a good coach. I like him. But yeah, those are my two surprising teams, the Timberwolves and the Cavaliers. Can they sustain it? Defensively, yes. Okay. But the offense, you're not... They have They have seven guys who can be legit rotational players on playoff teams. I and agree. Garland, Sexton, mm-hmm. uh, Mobley, Allen, Markinen, Rubio. This is a good team. This is a good team. Well, <laughs> thanks for going first, buddy. Uh, one of my surprise teams was the Cleveland Cavaliers. That was my first team. Still uh, name another one. Yeah, I know, but you kind of like took that was the shot. You my, think they could sustain it? Yeah, I do believe they can okay. sustain. It. You know, I, like I said in the offseason period, I wouldn't be surprised if they get into the plane. You know, defensively, Evan Mobley has been better as advertised. Offensively, Darius Garland has become a much better passer. Colin Sexton has looked different. His numbers don't say it, but he's looked much different. He's looked more engaged, looked better as a passer. Kevin Love looks more engaged. Rubio has been that mentor that you were talking about. He's been that for this team, so that's great. And even when they run the three-big lineup, it hasn't looked like you know, people are hunting for Laurie. Laurie has looked like he wants to play defense this year. He's looked much better. Jared Allen, you know, he's doing what he's been doing. He's going to do what he's going to do. So this three-big lineup, we thought I thought it'd be a casualty, but it's been really good for them, playing two guards, three bigs. So I like this team, and I think they can definitely sustain it. They can definitely keep it going. And then from on the West, my surprise team is Memphis. You know, I didn't think Memphis would be this great this early, you know, putting up a fight with L.A., going back to Golden State, beating them, Beating the Clippers after being down 15. You know, John Moran, he's been amazing. Being able to outduel AD, LeBron, Steph. He's been on the court with them and Paul George. And he's been the best player on the court for the most part in all stretches of those games. Nice. So he's been performing well. Desmond Bain, he's been great. Jaron Jackson, he's good. And this was without Dylan Brooks, you know, their best defender on the perimeter and one of their scoring punches. So I think this team has definitely hit on all cylinders. This team is playing better than I thought they would be playing better at this point. And I think they can definitely keep the success because they know who they are. They, they understand who they are. They understand that mentality. And they just keep their head down and they go and they play ball. And I like this team very much. You know that Taylor Jenkins never played past high school basketball? Wow. Grizzlies head coach. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder how he got in. Yeah, I wonder too. Should probably research that. I am. 
Uh, all right, Coach Red. Not for real. So my two surprising teams. I think I know them too. All right, let me hear them. Charlotte and the Kings. Charlotte is one of them. The, the Kings was it? The Kings. Well, now you guys did the East and West. The Kings are obviously my surprise team, but it's not a surprise to me. Oh, okay. okay you know okay. what I'm saying? So that's why I didn't say it. Then you said the Timberwolves were your surprise, even though they weren't a surprise to you. You understand? Yeah, what I'm but saying? there's a, there's a surprise to the NBA. I'm still take my pick. which I'm. Hey, I'm cool with it. I'm more. Than also, fine. I didn't want to mention. I didn't want to mention this. I want. I don't want to cut you off. But Rubio, Cleveland, Kevin Love, Cleveland. Those were the big two in Minnesota like ten years ago. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was. That is. And now they're coming off the bench together for sure. All right. So my <laughs> surprise team. Yeah. My surprise teams. Obviously, he, he he hit it right in the nose. I have Charlotte. I got the Wizards, and then the other side, I got the Kings. So the one that that can sustain it for me, I I think Charlotte could sustain it. I mean, I'm not thinking that they're going to be a one or two seed, obviously, but I think they could sustain being a solid team in the Eastern Conference, being a playoff team, like what they were last year. Well, they were a playing team last year. You. Because they were, going they had there. stretches where they were in the playoffs, though. For sure, once Lamelo went year. down, obviously the spark on the team wasn't there, and their drive wasn't as strong as it was with Lamelo. But obviously, Lamelo was playing at a, a very high level. He had a rough game last game, and they still ended up winning the game. It just shows to it goes to show you, Ish Smith, how good he is. And that is funny to me too, because we spoke a little about that. And Terry Rozier's only played one game, and they're four and one. And Terry Rozier is probably. Now that with you know, now that you have Miles Bridges' ascension, probably the third option right now, maybe even fourth with the way that Gordon Hayward's been playing. I mean, this Charlotte team is exciting to watch. Lamelo Ball, obviously, I can only talk so high, so much more highly of him. I think that he is just a complete package on both sides of the ball. Offensive, obviously, his facilitating is the thing that sticks out to me the most. And going into the season, his jump shot has improved vastly. I love what I'm seeing from Charlotte. Miles Bridges, obviously, is another key part of, of the Hornets' success, averaging 26 points a game. I don't think that that's sustainable. I don't think he'll average 26, but I think it is possible he could average over 20 points a game. The way that he is being effective from three, being effective driving to the basket, obviously, he's an explosive player, one of the best dunkers in our league. But I think that it is sustainable. Now, I go and I look at the Wizards. I don't think it's sustainable, truthfully. And I, I you could say I sound like a hater because they So that's they your second surprise team. Yes, that was my second surprise team, but you guys said what? So I'll go in on the Kings a little bit after the Wizards. I'll keep it brief because we already spoke about them. I don't think it's sustainable because I don't think that Harold can keep this high level of play. I think Kuzma can average around 15, 13 to 15 points, sure, but at the same time, I don't trust it. I trust KCP. That's the only one I trust out of those three. Now, Bradley Beal, him averaging 21 right now and them being 4-1 and one is interesting to me. Because they're not relying on Bradley Beal to win games. But then what happens when these guys go cold and now Bradley Beal is asked to have the whole load? Is he going to still have that defensive presence that he's had early in the season? I don't know about it, truthfully. I don't know if he's willing to extend himself on both sides the way that he or has tried to do this early on. But we've seen it impact his offensive game already a little bit. Still averaging 21 points to his credit, of course. But that's not the usual clip we usually see Bradley Beal play at. So I don't I don't know if it's sustainable for them. I don't think that they're they're ready yet. They could be a playing team, and and that's fine, but I don't think that they're a lock playoff team. Now, my West team, the Kings. I spoke about it a little bit before the season started. I like the roster where it's going right now. The Aaron Fox is going to be in contention for most improved player. Ja probably already has has it locked up, but at the same time, De'Aaron Fox is a special type player. You think so, though? De'Aaron Fox? De'Aaron Fox averaged 25 last year. What can he most improve off that? Fair enough, but how many points did Ja average last season? He's still in contention for most improved. Ja averaged 
18. He's averaging was 20. 18? 19. He can improve without it showing in the numbers. Though. Because fair enough. And you know what? Like That's Josh jumped, for me. Josh yes, jumped, jumped up to 10 30. points. Yeah, crazy. That's on me. I didn't know it was 19 last season. Yeah. That was- so, all right. So regardless of that, if he if it starts to translate to wins, and let's say he averages 27 to 28. What if he becomes a better three-point shooter? That too. It's an improvement. It, well, to win most improved player, he has to up his scoring average. Oh, though. you said win the award? I mean, be in contention for, that, for the yeah, most I don't improved. Think That's I, what I said. Yeah. I said Ja has it locked. I think he can improve, but yeah, I, I don't think but the I most think improved they, player. They need to, to start winning. I mean, it's not like his play has translated to wins up until this point, at least. So now, I mean, they're two and two, but they have some decent wins. They played well against the Jazz, lost. I mean, that was a solid game that they Warriors played. Warriors too. The Warriors, ah, Warriors was all right. I mean, the Warriors ended up pulling away. But regardless of that, Rashawn Holmes, my boy, has been playing extremely well down low. His offensive game is is a, is solid for a center in this league, averaging around what seventeen points is more than more than okay. Marvin Bagley isn't getting minutes. That's to their benefit, apparently. Obviously, what Davion Mitchell provides to this team and what I expected coming into this season is that he's going to be a difference maker for their defense. They really didn't have defense, and Davion brings that different type of mentality to the Kings that they can play. If if they commit to defense, they can be a special team. Harrison Barnes, he's been a pleasant surprise for them too, averaging over 20 points this season. He's been spectacular, hit the game when he shot against the Suns. I think that it is more than sustainable for the Kings. They have the roster. It just comes down to whether Luke Walton is going to be consistent throughout the season. He's looked really good. He's made some good decisions early on. I like the roster, and I think it is sustainable. So so my Western Conference team that has been a surprise to me is obviously the Minnesota Timberwolves. When we're doing the the previews about the teams, I actually had the Timberwolves going anywhere from the 8 to the 6 seed. So, I mean... The fact that the Timberwolves are ranked 7th in offense and 5th in defense shows that they're a team, you know, that's obviously performing on the offensive end, the defensive end. Anthony Edwards' leap, D'Angelo Russell playing really well, Carl Anthony Towns, we know he's a borderline superstar. Eh, I mean, he hasn't really been on the team, but I felt like, I've always felt like he had the talent to be a superstar. And in the additions of, obviously, Patrick Beverly, all these vets, I mean, it's a match made in heaven. I do think they can keep it up solely because in my in my preview I said that they could be anywhere from the sixth to the eighth seed. Um, like I said, uh, the the big three when they played last year they had a five hundred record. Granted, we didn't see that all last year, but now you're getting a Anthony Edwards who in his sophomore season has shown major improvements. You get Carl Anthony Towns who defensively it, it was a it was a knock on his career that he wasn't. He wasn't a, a defensive player. He had two blocks against the Bucks, and then uh, D'Angelo Russell who. From being a Nets fan, I know what type of impact he has on the game. The season that we, he took us to the playoffs, he really wasn't working with much. Karis LeVert, second best player out. Dinwiddie missed a month of the season. He kept us afloat, and I felt like him being anywhere from your second to third option is good enough to, to make the playoffs. And then obviously the additions of Patrick Beverly and everything. I think that their defensive prowess rubs off on the young guys, and that's true. If your leader is playing defense or somebody that you look up to is playing defense— you're gonna want to play defense, so I think that they can. I think offensively, they can definitely be a top ten offense in the league. I, I, I'm get it going, D'Lo. D'Lo, yeah, he had a good game last night. He had a good game last really night. Good game. I think, and then and then on, on top the of that, they beat the Bucks. I mean, he's been mid. He's been a mid. team. A team like a team like the Bucks. I mean, even if they had Drew or Brooke Lopez, that's kind of a statement win. That's kind of a win. Like, okay, we just went toe to toe with the MVP in his house, and Especially we beat him for a young team. So I think that's good. Now my other team in the Eastern Conference. Is the Hornets now? I'm 
I'm not that high on them because I don't think that they can sustain this level of play. I still picture this team being in the play-in. I, I don't think that this okay. team's a locked playing team. Defensively, they're ranked 27th. Offensively, they're really good. Uh, obviously, they're missing Terry Rozier, but they're four and run right now. They've beat teams like Brooklyn, and I, I'm blanking on who else they beat, but they've beaten other really good teams. Brooklyn. Boston. Boston. I guess eh. you could say Boston. No, they eh. didn't they lose to Boston? Or they they took no, one they, and one. They lost they lost they lost to Boston. Yeah, they yeah. lost to Boston. They split with who? Boston? Boston. They split. Okay. So I mean, I I think they're a good team. I think that you can say that they're a play they're a playoff team. But as far as like being a top six team in the East, I just think there's too many teams in the East. I think the East has gotten stronger. But I mean LaMelo Ball, he's been fantastic this year. Gordon Hayward is a really good player. PJ Washington, all the Miles Bridges has been stepping up. They have good complementary role players, and they still lack a, a superstar or a star, obviously. But I don't. I mean, we have to give Lamelo time and these other players time to grow into this role. But this is a really good team. But teams like Brooklyn, who they're let me look at the standings because I think they're they're ahead of Brooklyn. They're ahead of a lot of good teams. Miami. Aren't they tied with us? Yeah, they're four and one. Yeah, they're yeah. they're tied with almost every top team in the Eastern Conference. The Knicks, the Bulls, the Hornets are there. They're probably a top five seed in the East. They're number two right now. Number two. So, like, I mean, look, uh, the Bulls, I don't think they're better than the Bulls. The Wizards is a toss-up. I don't think the Wizards will be there either. They're not better than the Knicks. They're not better than Miami. To me, they're not better than Milwaukee, Philly, Brooklyn, Atlanta. And then I think they're, I think it's a toss-up between them and Boston. I mean, you can say they have a more well-rounded team, but you, Boston you, has a two. You think it's a toss-up with Boston, but you don't think it's a toss-up with Philly? Well... When Ben comes back, it's a whole different. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I think Ben Simmons okay. is coming back, but I mean, if Ben Simmons comes back, Philly's a top five, a top five seed in the East. And I just, I just don't see Charlotte staying number two and being at top of the East. I think all these other teams that are below them, obviously, the season just started. They're getting acclimated to the schedule, to the style of play. You add new additions to your team. I think once all these other teams get it figured out, I think the Hornets are still a playing team. Let me go through the schedule because I have it now. Indiana, they're better than that one and four record. Yep. And they gave them a really solid game. They ended mm-hmm. up pulling it out. Cleveland, how we already had gone over it. Cleveland has played very solid. They beat them pretty handedly. Brooklyn, they smacked. Then that fourth yeah. quarter, they 100% pulled away. Lost to Boston in OT. They didn't. They only played them once. They, but they sh- the, 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 the Hornets should have won that game, and they blew it. Then they beat Orlando with LaMelo Ball only having seven points. So, I mean, I think it's pretty. I don't think that Pacers team, I don't think that's that good of a win. In my opinion, it's not. We, it's not that good. Of a win. O- open, I know you. You know you're night, big on them, but opening night, Brogdon has 28-11. Sabonis has over 20 points. It was a great game. Pacers know. are definitely better than that one. I mean, they're missing. Record. They're missing their second. Sure, they're better they're than one or player. four. They're not better than. Uh, I mean, I don't think that's that good. Any, of a win. any 18. I mean, easy, as easy as they're they one blew, and four. They blew it against Charlotte. As I, I agree, the Nets as Indiana is going to be the tenth, eleventh seed in the East, and they might be. That don't being do that, said, because you had them high, I do still have Stand them. High. I, actually, I had them ninth. So easy. I mean, you I had know. Rick Carlo winning Coach of the yeah, Year. So I, it could be ninth. Hey, listen, I st- I still believe. I still believe. <laughs> I'm not going nice. back on it. So roundtable right moment. Your surprise teams, just name them. Mine is the Cavaliers and the Timberwolves. Cavaliers and damn, who the hell did I say in the West? The Memphis Grizzlies. Thank you. Cavaliers and the Memphis Grizzlies. All right, mine were the Hornets. The Wizards, but then I got the Kings on the West. And then mine were the Timberwolves and the Hornets. Okay. But I don't Pretty think the firm. Hornets can sustain that level of play. I think all my teams can sustain it. I think too. my teams can sustain it too. 
But you said Cavs. You're not. You're not too confident on it. Not in the playoffs. Like oh, no, I don't think no, they'll make course. the playoffs. But I think they can sustain. I think we can all agree the play is some sort of the playoffs. So you, that's what I agree. Like, so I agree. I think you're ten seed in the playing, bro. Yeah, like you know that was my ceiling for them. The Cavs. So Indiana's a playing team then, in your opinion, right? Yeah. If barely. they get healthy, yeah, yeah, but barely, to be honest, for me. Yeah, I'm concerned, you know? but I still believe. In what? In Pacers. Oh. <laughs> so a lot of awesome things happened this week. You're we we talked we talked about a couple of them. We talked about the Knicks. Tory Craig is killing us. We talked about uh, also... Defense, we also talked about the Timberwolves briefly in this surprise team segment. But Josh Giddy. <laughs> Josh Giddy, man. Best rookie of all time. Josh Giddy has been amazing. And as... Amazing. <laughs> And as president of the Giddy fan club, we call ourselves Gideon, even though there's a there's a there's a, there's a slogan now called Giddy Up for Josh Giddy. I want to confront you, Riv, because Riv, you've been low on Giddy. You've hated on him. You got to stop with the hate. You're not. Yeah, bro. He, he didn't really say anything spicy. Look, you were let him go. Let him, you let him push you the were, narrative. You were, out, you were out on Alper and Shingun. Shingun is doing pretty good, solid for the Rockets right now. What's solid? He's what doing, is out? He's what is well? out on? I mean, you just, just don't like overseas different players. You don't like you don't like overseas players. You don't like overseas players. You know, you're, you weren't very high on Josky, even though I told you repeatedly. And I smacked you on the head with it. I said, Josky, Josky, <laughs> okay. he's good. Trust me. But you didn't want to believe me. Okay. You get annoyed every time I bring him up. But he's that good. Giddy. And I want to talk he's about tough. something that you said the other day because when we talked about just Josky before, you said who is from Australia. Well, Ben Simmons is from Australia. So is Kyrie. He came, ben Simmons actually came to LSU because he didn't want to stay there and play in the NBL with the pros. You mean he left from Mount Verde? All right, but he's from, <laughs> Aust- he's from Australia. No, I get it, but he's been here. He's Josh Green, who was drafted last year. Yeah, that's he went to IMG. Joe Ingles. Yeah, Jay Sean true. Tate played in the, in the NBL and yep. actually he averaged 16 and 6 and Rookie year, he was like 11 and 6, so it wasn't too far off. <laughs> Andrew Bogut as well from the NBL. The NBL, and they have had a lot of NBA players pass no, by but don't there. Say ben, don't say Ben Simmons cannot be used. Ben Simmons is Why? from Australia. But though. he's not from the NBL. I said NBL players. Okay, so but don't, the NBL, look, I'll say this. Players that play in the NBL, maybe not all of them are NBA players, but it's about opportunity. It's about exposure. And Josh Giddy, Josh Giddy, nobody knew about Giddy until like, Two years ago, yep. when they saw him at this camp, who? Josh Giddy. Oh, facts. But I want to know your thoughts on Josh Giddy so far, Riff, because he had a breakout performance: eighteen points, ten <laughs> yeah. assists. He is double double. He is the only player at this age to do that. Do it other than LeBron James, by the way. Eighteen and ten. Yeah. Really? Josh Giddy just oh, turned nineteen. Oh, okay, that's he what just it okay, turned okay. nineteen. Got it. Got it. Um, Giddy up. Giddy up. <laughs> it was a great performance. <laughs> he, you know he played amazing. He, he showed a little bit of everything: the shooting ability, the playmaking ability. He put some effort on defense. He was really good on the defensive end. He showed abilities as an off-ball and on-ball defender. He was even a bit, a bit clutch. You know he was key in that in that in that comeback run. Debatable clutch. When I mean clutch, if you come back from a run, that's clutch. Yeah. I don't, like, okay. that's that's clutch. He made the pass to Derek Favors. Uh, he also made the pass to Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> but that that pass to Derek Favors was big but that time. Pass to Carmelo was airballed. Crazy. He did. That, that passed the mellow. No, it was. But no, he, I said Josh he was Giddy was amazing was in the fourth yeah, quarter. He was clutch. He was clutch. Don't disrespect Giddy. He was clutch. He was definitely clutch. He did his thing. Come and on, that game was easy. definitely against, granted, I'm going to get this out of the way. LeBron didn't play, but you still instead of one. So that's we're going to just get that out of the way. So if anybody, 26. before anybody says no anything, still should have won. Josh Giddy played an amazing game. But you, <laughs> Joel. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're talking to the president of Josh Giddy fan club. I'm glad. I don't want to talk to anybody Joel else. Joel Gideon Moran. Joel, listen. So I'm just going to let you know. I can only accept your offer to, I can only, I will only accept your entrance to the fan club if I feel like what you're talking about is honest. No good. I'm not asking for it. I don't want to be in the fan club. Um, you're lost. Yeah, I, I want to say this, Joel. You've been hitting me all week. You've been texting me about that game all week. But you haven't said anything about the games before. <laughs> That's you, 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 when you had four points. You didn't speak. You kind of was quiet. You know what you actually said to me? It's early. He'll get better. Yeah. He, 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 he has been getting his groove. He's been figuring it out. You know, like any rookie, he's been trying to figure it out. You know, he's, he's putting up Giddy. numbers in every other category. The scoring hasn't. This was the first time the scoring really popped out. But at the same time, well, let's pump the brakes. Let's relax a little bit. Let's ease our way in. Because the same way how you're gloating about this one amazing game, he's played four games. He hasn't been amazing for four or five. Pardon me. He's played five. He hasn't been amazing for five games. <laughs> I don't even think he's been amazing for three. So let's let's right, right let's, on the notes. He's been amazing for two. Yeah, so let's let's slim it, <laughs> let's slow down on the Josh Gideon. That's what you guys call yourselves, Gideon? Gideon? The Gideons. The, the Gideons. Let's, let's slow down to the Josh Gideons <laughs> fan club because we have to stop pushing this agenda that I'm hating on him. I'm not hating on him. We just have different views on this. So young what's your man. view? My view is I per I personally think that Josh Gideon can be a good player. I just don't think that he's what they needed. That's all it was. I, that's all I said. Wait, so you don't think OKC should have taken him? No, I think they should have went a different route. Who cool. should they have taken? Kaminga? If I would have like James Buck, and I'm going to go insane. To play right next to SGA, Josh why? Giddy's better than James Buck. Let's he, get that. Straight. He may be better. I just think another bucket would have fit next. They to needed a SGA. playmaker though. That's Josh. Like but isn't SGA a playmaker supposedly? He, no, he's the, he's not as good as a playmaker as Josh Giddy. What the? He's not. He's Josh Giddy was making some nice he's passes not. against the Josh Lakers, Giddey's but I'm not ready to say. I never said he wasn't, they, but let's, let's, let's not do yeah, that. It's too, early. Yeah. it's too early. It's not even too early. I mean, it's, we talked about it last. We talked right. about it. No, he's not. Josh Giddy is. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Giddy's an elite passer with elite basketball IQ. Let's oh, just get that straight. Elite. What is SGA? Yo, he be elite. SGA, SGA, SGA is... Is elite? very good. What the hell? But we know that he's not a true point guard. You, you really he's think he's elite? Guard. He's an elite passer already. Elite passer? Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, no, he's no, absolutely not, an elite passer. I thought, okay, I mean, wow. he had some elite moments. I mean, we we talked about it in the offseason how Shea had to create ninety five percent of his own shots offense. But now Giddy is there. That's why he, they got him playmaker. I thought Giddy was the right pick, but nonetheless. Y'all talk about it was Josh, Josh Giddey's He's the first good performance. Oh, you know, amazing, he's, he's, he's only had two amazing performances. Well, yeah, it's because if you've been watching OKC, which I don't blame you if you don't, because OKC is not a team you really want to watch. But I watch <laughs> it because I love Josh Giddey. Watch two games. Okay. Of course, the Warriors. But I, I watch them because I just, you know, I, I like to watch a lot of teams in the NBA. OKC hasn't really been using Josh Giddey like that. He hasn't been playing much minutes. And he averages twenty seven though. He hasn't been playing much minutes. Okay. Josh Giddy. He averages twenty eight minutes. He has compare that to all the other rookies we're going to talk about. Okay. Later on in the rookie ladder, he's not averaging close to any of those guys' minutes. Debatable. Josh Giddy was not being used as a point guard in the offense early on, early in OKC's games, like the first game of the season or the second game of the season. The fact. But now they're starting to use Josh Giddey. They're starting to use him in spots where he is extremely effective, and he has been effective. 
Josh Giddy has only played two games this year where he's played more than 30 minutes. And guess what? In those games of 30-plus minutes, mm-hmm. he's had amazing games. Two games. In those two games, his averages are 18.5 points per game, five rebounds, eight and a half assists per game, 2.5 steals, 57% from the field, and 43% from the three. I was told that Josh Giddy didn't have a jump shot. I was told that he couldn't shoot. I was the same one at this table that when he got drafted, I said, I think his jump shot will be fine. We said the same thing about LaMelo, and you said, well, Josh Giddy's not LaMelo. Well, early on, Josh is shooting 38% from the three-point line, and it doesn't look like it's something that is going to go down. I think he'll be like 35% from the three-point line for the entire year. Josh Giddy, to me, I don't think the shooting was that much of a concern because in the NBL, towards the later part of the season, he picked that up. And when talking to Mike Schmitz about it, he said, there was just a point in time where my mindset changed about shooting and I just thought everything was going in. And ever since then, I haven't looked back. So Josh Giddy has that confidence. Man, I think a lot of the narratives around this guy were wrong. And when he got drafted, a lot of stuff on Twitter circulated about how his weakness is playing basketball itself because they made a bunch of people scouted up these like a bunch of people drafted up these fake scouting reports on Josh Giddy. But the truth is, when I was scouting him during the draft process, I saw an elite playmaker. I saw an elite passer. I saw somebody who has an elite elite court vision. For somebody to be his age and to be that good as a, as a passer and to read the game that effectively, it is rare. And then you bring in that he's a 6'8 point guard, combo four, whatever you want to call it. That is a rarity in the NBA. Teams, organizations... Salve, they drool at drafting 6'8 players. Cade Cunningham, LeBron James, Luka, LaMelo Ball, those 6'8 playmakers, they drool at that. And Josh Giddy is that 6'8 playmaker. So I think Josh Giddy has been phenomenal. And, you know, Riv, also, I want to I want to mention this. Talk to me. Remember when we were arguing about the preseason? Yeah. And I told you the star lineup would be Shea, Dort, Giddy, Baisley, and Favors. And I said the preseason matters because you get to see these lineups. I already said you was right about that. All right, I just okay. Yeah, I already said you was right, about that. but I just <laughs> wanted just to say he's right. Yeah, I just wanted to um because I'm looking at his his uh his um <laughs> minutes because you said that he's not getting as much minutes as other. Can rookies. you name me the? Can you tell me the stats? Josh Giddey's stats when he plays above 30 minutes. No, I'm. I'm can, I was. You, you just know, said that though. No, yeah. I just I just want. No, I want. I'm you. getting to all that. Don't worry, we're gonna get into all that. I just. He's playing two less minutes than Evan Mobley. He's playing four less minutes than Jalen Green. He's playing he's two less minutes he, he, than seven, Suggs. So he's not yeah. the, the minutes is not really. You tried to make it seem like if it was a, a gap, it's not really a gap. He's but, only the only reason he's not up there is because he played twenty minutes game two. And I that's think it. his minutes go from however good he plays, <laughs> then that's where it goes. Because let's look at his first game. No, it doesn't. He, he it played, goes by the blowouts. Well, he well they because when okay, OKC okay. gets blown out, they don't keep him. He played twenty nine minutes game one. He had four points. He played 20 minutes game, game two. First NBA game. Yeah. First NBA game. He hit six okay. points. He played. He finally played 34 minutes. 19, 8 for 13, 1 for 2, 8 rebounds, 76. The next game against the Warriors. The game was pretty much close until Steph Curry put it away in the third quarter. He played 27 minutes. He had seven points. He played 32 minutes finally against L.A. when they made the comeback. He had 18 points. So for the most part, he's been up and down. But like you said, he's young. And I keep trying to tell you and explain to you, it's been five games. Let's wait. I keep texting. Let's wait. Wait as you keep texting about Giddy. Let's wait. These are rookies because he hasn't been the most impressive rookie. 
He hasn't. Well, Lamelo wasn't in the first half of the season either. You keep talking about Lamelo. Lamelo. The Mello. What do you mean by hold that? Hold on, hold on. Well, Lamelo. Look at Lamelo's first five games in the NBA. Don't he was. To, we don't need a to look at Lamelo's first five games. We just need to look at when Lamelo walked in. They were a playing team. That's all we need to look no, at. No, no, no. Look, look that's at all the we need beginning to look at. of the season. We don't need. We knew to, though. at the, in the beginning of the season last year, Lamelo was known as a turnover machine, and he was extremely inefficient. We what, know. What that. is the comparison though? Between Joskin and Lamelo, that they are both great passers, no, elite wait, passers wait, with you a great bring IQ. It up for is what? We, no, what I'm, I'm saying is that yeah, you're telling me those stats and how he's going to have an up and down year because your your synopsis is basically he's going to have an up and down no, year. No, right? that's not what I said all at all. All I'm saying is wait. That's all I said. All you're I telling wait. me to wait on what? what? I'm telling you, don't beast me over one game and not talk about the other exactly, three. Like that's what I'm verdict, saying. Wait, the verdict isn't out on Giddy being like that. Well, he's yet. a good player already. I, I agree. He's a good player. Agree, there's no even. There's not a doubt bro, about that. No one's saying he, he's you not, think he's not a good player. <laughs> no one's no, saying, bro. No one's saying he's not a ball player. Like he can hoop. He can. For sure. He can hoop. I know that. That being said, we need to wait before we call him rookie of the year, top two rookie of the year. I said dark horse for the rookie of the year. I know, but. I'm just saying. Pump the brakes, right now, young yes. blood. Pump the brakes. I'm not pumping the brakes. I'm pushing my foot because on the gas. I'll be, I'll be honest. Because I know what Giddy is. What is he? Giddy up. <laughs> giddy up. You're going to see. So he changes the, obvious, the obvious. <laughs> giddy up. You're going to see. The obvious highlight of his game is obviously his passing. And he definitely showed that against the Lakers. He made some amazing passes. He made this one bounce pass that I don't even know how it got there. <clears throat> just right through three defenders. Right on the money bounce pass to him. My only concern with Giddy is shot creation. How is he going to be able to get that long jump shot off when he has a defender in his face? Is he going to be able to do that? I, I, that is one of my concerns because the threes that I saw him make against the Lakers were uncontested, wide-open jump shots that he was able to take his time and really go through the motion of his you're jump shot. A low volume. You're not shooting many threes right now. My point is, for the future, I still, I'm still i not saying that he has a great jump shot off, off a game where he had no contests on his jump shots. Sure, he definitely made them, and, and he made the Lakers pay for giving him that space. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I want to just ask you this, because you're telling me to pump the brakes on Josh Giddey Rookie of the Year campaign all this. You're telling me to not hand out my vote for Josh Giddey stickers just I'm yet. I'm going to tell you why. I get better. that. I get that. So I'll just ask you, everybody at the table right now, will Josh Giddey finish top five in Rookie of the Year voting? Yes. I'll yeah. start with you, Rick. Yeah. Yes, yes. yes? Yeah. I'll start with you. So why do I have to pump the brakes if you think he's going to have a great rookie season no, as well? No, no, you don't have to. You, you can be a top five. First of all, first of all, <laughs> you can be a this top is a loaded Brogdon rookie class. Wait, this is a loaded rookie class, but Cade and has yet to play exactly. ball. James Buckney has not touched the floor. There's and Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs hasn't been that great yet. He still hasn't. Josh Primo hasn't played. Like there's a couple rookies that Jaylen haven't played. Jalen Green hasn't Sengu been great doesn't yet. get a lot saying. of minutes. Like he gets minutes, said, but he doesn't get a lot of minutes. So let's pump oh, the brakes because we still there's Jalen Green. There's Evan Mobley. Cade has to play. Chris Duarte is going to be in that conversation. Suggs. Suggs might be in that conversation. That could be. I didn't even name Giddy's name, and that's five. Did you say Scotty? Well, all Scotty could be in that conversation. Scotty so let's, that's what I'm saying. Well, I don't know. Giddy will be five. You just said you think he'll be five. No, but I'm saying they can all change. I just named six guys. I'm not saying I'm not saying it can't change, but you are predicting that he will be top no, five. It's a, it's a possibility he could I, be top my five. My question wasn't that if it's a possibility. My question is that will he oh, be? I don't know. Five I don't games know. in, I, I can't. Know. I can't I firmly say yes. Well, because we haven't seen. Kate. I am firmly saying yes. Barring injury, knew, he will be that. top but, five. But I would say you can be on an all rookie team and 
don't have to have a great rookie season. We've seen Terrence Davis do it. So it's like... Yeah, I mean, R.J. Barrett was snubbed. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying. Like, it doesn't mean... It doesn't so mean, you're saying Josh is going to be Terrence Davis? No, that's not what I'm saying, bro. Like, well, you, it seems like... No, everything, you got to relax, like, yo. He be going crazy. No, I'm just saying, it seems like everything you're saying is just a knock on no, Josh Giddy. I haven't heard you say one bad that's thing. That's what I'm saying. No, yeah, because bad, everything is a counterpoint. Wait. Everything is it's, like... because I'm, like, I'm like this. Because this this is exactly how it's going. I'm like, okay, do you think he'll be top five? He's like, yeah, I do. Then he's like, okay, but... No, 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 no. Let me finish. Let me finish. Well, I misunderstood I'm like, the question I'm as like, well. Do you so. think he'll be top five? Rivers like, yeah, but honestly, even if you do make the rookie team, doesn't mean you're a great rookie. Look at Terrence Davis. Everything you're trying to just not Josh right. Giddy on, bro. No, because the Come question on. was, I thought you asked, do you think he could be top five? I said, yeah, he could be. I didn't know you meant, do you think, like, is, is your he firm? He will inter- be. Oh, no, I don't think he'll be top five. All right. I'm going to stand on what I said pre Five games before well, pre- preseason. Up. Well, get That's what up. I was gonna say. Well, but don't let's up. not push this narrative that I'm a hater when people have clearly told you that's not what he said. That's not what he said. Like you're the only one that's hearing me and then twisting. That's because they hating. don't see our text messages. I've texted you about Josh Giddy before. Only thing I will say is he texts us in the chat yes, when Giddy yes. has a good game. That when too. he has a bad no, but game, I've been talking back to Wait, hold on, hold on. Exactly before draft time, around draft time, there were conversations between you and Joel saying that you you'd think he's a bad shooter. There were the, num- was the numbers. The numbers back- did numbers say did he was a bad shooter. I mean, we had a lot of conversation about Josh Giddy pre-draft. I literally told you that when Memphis traded up for the number 10, I thought they were going to get Josh Giddy. Now it would have been a great pick for them. That would have been super fun. I know. I get it. But the numbers backed up what I was saying. When I was like, he's a bad shooter. I mean, you're shooting like what? He's 15, like, he's something like that. I mean, like it, poor well, pre, I, I'm, obviously, I don't have the time to scroll through our conversations. Neither will. I won't do it. But Not all I know is that we talk a lot during the draft about these players and the one player we did agree on was Evan Mobley. We agreed on Evan Mobley. We have that take on YouTube. Uh, we have a scouting report on him. We were spot on in Evan Mobley, but we didn't agree on Josh Giddy. We definitely did it. And, a thousand percent. And this is me. And that's why you think I'm a hater, because I didn't agree with yeah, you. <laughs> because the way you were talking about him, you made him sound like he's not the player. goal. See, th- that's the problem. What you think he's the <laughs> 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 No, he'll be a good player. He'll be a fine young player. All right, we're going to talk about the top five right now. Top five rookies so far. This is the last segment of the show. Then we'll get into some TikTok questions and take in some callers from our Patreon supporters. Now, top five rookies so Can far. Can I go first so you won't steal NBA. my answer? Give your <laughs> list. Yeah, I'll let you okay. go first, Riff. Thank you. So, number you one. Know you go first on every single time. Literally every single time. Because that's the order. It's it been is that. The order. But then when you it see is. how no, we. No, I change it up. You know, because. When you know you no, have you the know same who I am? Me. I'm not going to lie. It's either Riff goes first or you go first. You know Nine what it out is? of 10 times. You know Riff what it is? First. I'm DJ Khaled, right? I'm, I, I like to produce. What? Okay. I like to produce and engineer it. So, if it's like a Nets topic, I'll be like, okay, JC. Yo, get no, this. but what I've noticed. If it's a Lakers topic, I'm like, yo, Drew. Your thing, what you know? I've noticed about you is when you it's like you have this telepathy where you where you think we have the same answer, you'll decide to go first and then say the exact thing <laughs> I was gonna say. So then I'm sitting here like, okay, well, all right, I'm I'm kind of I'm so give your here. top five. Players. All right, well, top five, top five easily. Number one, he's clear of everybody's yes. Evan Mobley. Yes. Like he's been as advertised. He's that defensive anchor. He can switch on anybody. Yes. He's been that rim protector, and he has a soft touch around. I wish he'd get more, a little bit more engaged on offense. But nonetheless, he's been a great rookie. Number two, Chris Duarte for me. Okay, I feel like he's been phenomenal for them, especially with Levert, T.J. Warren being out. He's been spectacular. He's been doing his thing, and on top of that, he has a little bit of a bag to him. But you know, he's twenty four, so he should have that game. Into number three, Scotty Barnes being on a competitive team who people were down on. I were pretty high on Toronto. I thought they would be competitive and they would be good. He's been great while Pascal has been out. 
definitely. Number four right now, Josh Giddy. You know, those two games, definitely, especially <laughs> that comeback against the Lakers, definitely puts him in the forefront, especially because this another guy I'm going to name. He hasn't been as efficient, and he's looked a little bit sloppy. And number five, for me, Jalen Suggs. You know, I think Jalen Suggs, for the expectations and for what he's been in Orlando, he hasn't been the best, but he gives the effort nonetheless. He's been a solid defender, and he's been an okay playmaker. The efficiency is going to kick in. He's been fine, though, and I think he will be fine. So that's my five. All right, my five. Pretty similar to Riz, except I got a couple spots that are interchangeable. So number one, 100%, Evan Mobley. Both sides of the basketball, he's been fantastic. Top five in blocks in the NBA, averaging two per game. He has been as advertised, 100%. Number two for me, I actually have Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes has been a solid ball player this far, and, and people question his offensive abilities, his scoring abilities, and he's put that to bed. He's averaging 17 points a game. Obviously, that's a little carried by uh, that 27 that he put up against the Celtics, but he's been pretty consistent around that 17-18 mark basically all season. Uh, another thing of, that I'm impressed by his is he leads all rookies in offensive rebounds. But at the same time, he also does lead all rookies in turnovers. So where he's given possessions, he's also taken a couple as well. So my number three guy is is uh, excuse me, Chris Duarte. I'm a huge fan of Chris Duarte. Obviously, we all know I'm in on the Pacers. That being said, he's one, he's arguably the best scorer out of these rookies right now. Obviously, that's a wait and see on on whether Jalen Green's going to improve this season. Kate Cunningham hasn't uh, hasn't played a single minute yet. But Chris Duarte has been very impressive with the with with the with shooting. Obviously, getting to the basket. We just need to see him get involved, playmaking a little bit more, and then we really can see him uh, take that next leap. That's why I have him number three because really he's just been a scorer this far. So number four for me is Giddy. I mean, he's been pretty he's been pretty solid, truthfully. Uh, two two really. Great rookie games for sure. In a primetime game against the Lakers, I got to give him his credit. 18 points, correct? Or 19 points. 18. 18 10 10. 10 assists. And that 10 assists was a very impressive 10 assists as well. A costly turnover that I won't, I cannot excuse. But at the same time, (laughs) he had overall a great game that you just cannot take away from him. And number five for me is Franz. And I was low on Franz and I did not like that pick. I thought that they should have traded back. But at the same time, He's put me, he's told me to shut up, truthfully. He's shooting over 50% from the field, shooting over 40% from three. He's been a, a huge part of, of what Orlando has going on right now. And sure, Orlando doesn't have the record right now, but at the same time, they've been playing hard and they've been competitive in, in, in a good amount of their games are the only Knicks lost this season. So that's my five, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, all right, so my number one right now is Evan Mobley. He was my dark horse for... Uh, uh, to be a winner of the Rookie of the Year award, he's averaging fourteen nine and two, playing great defense. Offensively, he's good, great rebounder. I like his game. Number two is a surprising one is for me is Scotty Barnes. I didn't think that he would take off this early. Um, he's had a couple really good games. He had a twenty five and thirteen game against Boston. On the season, he's averaging seventeen points, eight rebounds, two assists. Defensively, he's good, and he's been everything as advertised as he's stepping in for Pascal Siakam. So even when Pascal comes be comes back, he's Definitely gonna get. Uh, he's definitely gonna be a part of the rotation. Number three is probably for me is Chris Duarte. He's leading all rookies in scoring. He's averaging nineteen five and two. His opening night, I think he had like thirty points. He's been. He's been. I mean, he is twenty four years old, but I don't like. He's been amazing to me so far, leading all rookies in scoring. I personally didn't expect that to happen to him. For him to be the uh, leader. Yeah, he's getting with Levert being down. Yeah, my number four is uh, Josh Giddy. <laughs> this guy's favorite player. Uh, he's averaging. <laughs> 11, 6, and 6. He has a really nice, well-rounded game. His shooting has surprised me. He's averaging, uh, he's he's shooting 38% from the three. Great facilitator. I think I think he can develop and be a really, really good player. And then my fifth is Jalen Green. 
averaging 14, 4, and 3. Obviously, he hasn't been that efficient. He's had a 30-point game against Boston, but I think I think he'll turn it around. I like Jalen Green's game. He's explosive, great shooter. Not a great shooter, but a good shooter. I think he's hit eight, eight threes in the game as a rookie. In that game against Boston, efficiency is his problem, but right now, as of right now, he's my fifth. He's, he's rounding up my rookie list. I don't think Jalen Green's 6'6". Six, six. You think he's shorter or taller? He does look really shorter. He looks smaller His bounce shorter. is crazy, though. Yeah, His I, field goal percentage is I don't think he's 6'6". Six, six. Oh, yeah, no, he he's, he's a lot smaller. He, he, Yesterday he shot like 33%. He was like four for 16. Number one for me is Jalen Green. And now I was about to say, no way. I will say this though for the Rockets fans watching Jalen Green will be fine. You know, Edwards last year had a tough start efficiency wise. And I've said it that Jalen Green wasn't going to have the best rookie season. He's going to be up up and down. He's a volume scorer. Uh, Number one for me is is Scotty Barnes. Uh, He's averaging 17 and eight, second in points, second in rebounding. Yeah, he has the second most turnovers for rookies, but he's been tasked with the most responsibility, and he's shown more to his offensive game than I initially thought. I mean, mid-range jump shots, stepping into three-point jump shots, even though he's shooting 17% from there so far. He's been impressive to me, and I think Scotty Barnes has really showed out. Second, Evan Mobley. I think Evan Mobley is a monster. Evan Mobley is going to be an all-NBA player. There's no doubt about it, in my opinion. I think that Evan Mobley is going to be a fantastic player. He's meant so much for Cleveland. And because he's so great defensively, they have been able to play Laurie and Allen with him together on the floor. So that's why I think Evan Mobley is number two. Number three is Josh Giddy, And I'm surprised you guys had Duarte over Giddy because... When you He's leading all rookies in scoring, Josh Giddy, when a, when a player, I remember who you talked to. When a player as good as Josh Giddy comes around, oh my and god, he's going to be so annoying. With excuse this. me, it's already annoying. Listen, listen, listen. So annoying. Listen, listen. Listen. I just got here. Chris Duarte, Chris Duarte <laughs> leads all rookies in scoring, but Josh Giddy does everything. He rebounds. He assists. He's playing defense as well. He's taking care of the ball. He's shooting forty five percent from the field and thirty eight percent from three. I'd rather the player that does a little bit of everything that can score as well than just to score. But score as well, like Duarte, you sure? Right now, I, I didn't say score as well, but can score as well, I like what as means, well, like, on top not of. I just you know score four point games, seven point. I'm games. saying score you, yeah. as well. You know what I'm saying? As well, not just as good as well. It's difference. There's a difference. Number four for me is is Chris Duarte. He's leading all rookies in scoring. Like you mentioned, he's 24, but Buddy healed. As an older rookie, wasn't as good as Duarte is so far as a rookie, you know. So that age he's thing, a lot of backlash for his age. Yeah, that age thing, he got a lot of backlash, but he's he's a very good player. Mm-hmm. But he's playing the most minutes of any rookie as well. He's playing like what thirty four minutes per game. Like he's playing a ton of minutes. He should get that much shots up. He should be scoring this much so far at least. He's shooting forty one percent from the field and forty two percent from he's three. Got Thirteen right now. Number five for me. This was tough. Because I have Franz Wagner written down here. And Wagner, he's not surprising me. I knew he, he who he was. He's a role player. <laughs> and that's what he is. But 50 and 40 is wild. Yeah. But he's a role player. He, he is. He's a guy who's going to do a little bit of everything. He And at the time of the draft, that's why he was my third-rated small forward. My small forwards were Scotty, Giddy, Franz. And Kaminga was four. Franz is just a do-it-all guy. He is just a solid pro. I don't think he has like this all-star potential. <laughs> He's just a solid pro, and he's playing like it so far. But, man, I, I just have a tough time putting him over Davion Mitchell. 
I know Mitchell Fair has not. Night. I know Davion Mitchell has not been great offensively, but they call him off night for a reason. There's a reason Steph didn't want to take him one on one because he knew he off night was going to make him, him. All, have an off night. I'm done. And Davion Mitchell <laughs> has just been phenomenal defensively, guarding Dame, guarding D- Donovan Mitchell. Man, at five, it's a tie with Franz and, and Davion, I have to say. Mm. It's a tie. Davion's field goal and three-point percentages are too low for me. But I understand because that defense Five has been games. clamp city. He put Davion on, on, like, on skates? Yes, bro. What are you talking about? One play. But he didn't, he didn't do it for multiple. He didn't want to do it again because he knew Davion was ready. Okay, this is what I want you to do. Go home and watch J.J. Redick and Davion Mitchell. Go watch it. And he'll tell you why, he wasn't, no, he'll tell you why he wasn't guarding. No, he said because he's not a great off-ball defender. That's oh, okay. what he said. So then... He no, but, literally told you he can't guard a man because of because of this and no, that. No, he, he can't guard a man. He, he yeah, just yeah. said he's not a good off ball defender. That's which is, not his strength. Which, well, part of defense. guarding Steph. Well, is, guarding Steph. I want to. Well, if I if it's Steph on ball, if it's Steph on ball one on one, Davion on Steph on Island. That's why he's I know the, Steph ain't going to get That's why he's the by. best point guard in the world because it's not just on ball. It's the say, fact that when he leaves, gets the ball off, you got to find him. I was going to say we saw K Love, Tristan Thompson do it on ball, so it's possible that it's. Whatever. Oh, my God. He was hurt. (laughs) Yeah, I do remember that. He was letting me rock. I was was like, all right, I'm going to get this If you can't guard off ball, it's your fault. Get better. You're going to have to guard these guys. I'm talking about on ball, one-on-ball defense. If you can guard that other man. That almost dropped him. That's what I'm saying. It's not just on ball anymore, bro. It's off ball, on ball. That's why Lonzo's who Lonzo is because it's just all that. Look at your boy Harden. Get that 21 and a half. James Harden has 21 points and a half. I was wrong. He's going to be Harden before. I thought he's going to be Harden. He's playing really well. Good. Yeah. Hey, I. I said he's going to be okay. Just a little <laughs> he's a, concerned. Yeah. Fear, I got to fear your beard at, Fear yo. the beard. Wow. Fear the beard. He has no ring. Oh he's going to get it, though. <laughs> That's so that He's going to get it, though. Where's Levine's ring? Where, like, come on, bro. Where's DeMar's ring? Relax. DeMar's not my favorite. <laughs> I'm just saying the squad. <laughs> he said the squad. is the Knicks, bro. So, come on. <laughs> That's so messed DeMar's up. DeMar's not my favorite. Can you ride with your team for once, please? I do. The Warriors. not his team. I was talking about his favorite player. He has no ring. Curry has... Bro got bailed out. He said, all right, Curry's winning a championship. This is my guy. I was a fan in 2015. Who's on your account? What do you Him. mean? Me. Andrew Velez. Me. You're typing right now? Yeah, I talk to these we guys. We interact with these guys. That's yeah. weird. You know what I'm saying? Real, real genuine with our guys. Correct. Somebody said, I swear when Joel talks, you can put that presidential yeah, election music. That's one of my yeah. guys. That's my guy. Ricky Font. That's my What's guy. What's that presidential election music? What does that mean? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, there you go. But why would you put that music while I'm talking, though? Because you're so emphatic when you speak. You're very. Oh, you know what I'm saying. That's, that's a very like, big compliment. Yeah, oh. but you're wrong. So it's like, and he capped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just messing, bro. You sound good. It's my guy, Ricky. Right. We're gonna end the show early now. <laughs> so let's get on to these TikTok questions, let's right? Go. One of the questions we got: Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, or Justin Herbert. Who are you building your team around moving forward? Wow, <sighs> vintage Riv. Yeah, I know. It's pretty easy, low-key. I mean, it's not Justin easy. Herbert for I think, me. I think, I'm going to go with Justin Herbert. I like the arm strength. I like I like his ability to create plays. I like his ability, his pocket passing. Joe Burrow is smart as hell. He's one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league. But I think the physique, the strength, I'm going to just go Herbert. I think he's just a better quarterback at this point. It, it's, it is close, and I can't say it's not. But at the same time, it is an easy decision. Justin Herbert. I mean, we saw last year what he did with, without an O-line, truthfully. Now he has an O-line, and we're seeing him be... Just as special. Uh, his arm talent, his arm strength is up there with the best quarterbacks in the league already. Uh, I just think that he impacts the game a little bit more than what Joe Burrow does. Um, 
and that's not to discredit what Joe Burrow's doing right now for sure, but I just think I'm looking at Justin Herbert. He has all the intangibles I want. He's a little bit faster than Joe Burrow. His arm accuracy on the run's a little bit better than Joe Burrow's. His pocket presence is better than Joe Burrow's. So that's why I just lean Justin Herbert right now. This is extremely difficult for me to answer. And this question reminds me of a question we we had a couple years ago when trying to decide between Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz. Because Carson Wentz was the talent guy that also had good stats. And Dak was the leader in tangibles. Tom but Brady, the, yes. the talent isn't quite there. I understand what but you mean. the difference is that I think Justin Herbert has both. Yep. He has the talent. <laughs> he has the leadership. Joe Burrow doesn't quite have the talent. And this question is so damn hard because I, I love both quarterbacks a lot. Unfortunately. But I'm, I'm just going to go with world. Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert's the easy answer. Yeah, it me. is. It yeah, is. I mean, uh, just, just to piggyback off what you guys said, I think Justin Herbert's the more talented quarterback. I can see Justin Herbert winning a couple MVPs in his career. So I'm just going to go with Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert's better than And Herbert. next question, what are your thoughts on Kyle Shanahan? Do you think he's an overrated coach? No. I think he's, as advertised, I think he's still a great coach. I just think the situation right now isn't – made for him to be as successful. You know, this team has been banged up this year yet again. You know I, what? I don't want to cut you off. You know what I did? And I will cut you off because... Can you apologize for it? Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> so, this is the thing. I once thought like you. I once thought that Kyle Shanahan should get the benefit of the doubt. He just he just pulled a U on me. He did. He did. I'm sick. But the truth is... He's a bastard. He's crazy. You want to have, you. You wanna have no, this bro, moment? You can, you can have, have, you can have it. It's crazy. Have it. But the truth is, Kyle Shanahan is 31 and 39 as a coach. He's been the coach for five years. We we always talk about he doesn't have a quarterback. Well, find one. You've had five years to find one. You drafted Solomon Thomas over Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, and even Mitch Trubisky is probably an upgrade over Jimmy G right now. That's uh, hard. Is, is he not? Hurt. Oh He's been hurt. Lord. So I'm saying, like, even if you didn't go Watson or Mahomes, even Mitch, like, just draft a quarterback, you needed one. You you traded, you traded for Jimmy G. Now you're out on him after trading for him, even though you're only you only have a winning record with Jimmy G. Kyle Shanahan, there's no doubt he's an he's a great offensive mind. But Kyle Shanahan, what I want to say about him, Matt LaFleur is what everybody thinks Kyle Shanahan actually is. Matt LaFleur is actually the guy who's a great offensive mind. Plus, has the winning resume on top of it. I think that's but, hard to say when the team has been hurt for ooh, back to back. And what about the Packers right now? The Packers are hurt right they now. Aaron See, they have Aaron Rodgers. They have Aaron Rodgers, but that's still, the difference. They still, that's the difference. They, they have, have Aaron. You're right. You got to give me a different. No, you're right. You gotta gotta give me a they have situation. Aaron Rodgers, but they still found a way to win against the number one seeded Arizona yeah, Cardinals with team Aaron. without Devontae Adams. With Aaron Rodgers, with no weapons you outside of the running back scenario, bro. Aaron Rodgers and Robert Tunyon Torres ACL in that game. You know, you can say like. Anytime you have Aaron Rodgers, bro, it's always going to be a chance to win. He has Jimmy G, bro, and then his backup is Trey Lance, a rookie that Shanahan drafted. Yeah, but he, but he, we all knew he, he wasn't ready. For Mac, he could have drafted Mac Jones. Look at the success success Mac Jones is having in New England. They have the same record. Well, Mac Jones is playing way better. He's the best record quarterback right now. Well, we but, haven't even seen Trey Lance really at all. I know, yeah, but no, we've seen ready. Trey Lance though. He's no, you, like we knew quarters. he wasn't ready. It's early, but yeah, I know. But I said it that they they should have drafted Mac Jones three. No, I thought I, Mac Jones I thought was, was the third, you said, was but the I think third best quarterback. George Kittle hasn't been the same. Debo Samuel has been consistent, yes, but that defense has been banged up. I think it's it's tough to be harsh on a team that's back to back years after coming off a Super Bowl run has been banged up. Like their key it's important their, guys have been banged they had up. Their defense, their defense okay. really was all world. So tell me this, Riff. And the run game. What's the difference between Kyle Shanahan and Doug Peterson? Because Doug Peterson actually had a Super Bowl run and won it. We didn't draft a wide receiver. 
Our offensive line kept getting banged up, and we didn't draft good corners. Then we end up getting Darius Slay, but we didn't make good draft picks. So why did Doug Peterson get... Doug Peterson won a championship and got the boot, got fired, and Eagles fans wanted him fired. Wasn't yeah. there just Kyle Shanahan? Kyle Shanahan has made one run, didn't win, and he hasn't been successful since then. That's true. And he's had five years to get a quarterback. I guess the difference is Doug had his quarterback. And I, I get it that Jimmy G gets injured, but... Shanahan had five years to get a, a viable backup quarterback and didn't get one. The biggest issue that, from what I heard you say, was 100% Solomon Thomas pick. That pick was not it. Obviously, they let him walk. You let Deshaun Watson and Mahomes pass. You should have at least taken one. I'm not that high on Mitch. I thought that the Bears trading up that one spot just to get Mitch Trubisky and not even draft Deshaun or Mahomes was foolish. That being said, I do think that he deserves a little bit more to blame than what people give him the, the benefit of the doubt for. Even though, obviously, Jimmy G has been in and out of the lineup, you still, if you're that type of coach and you're still, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin has Big uh, Big Ben as his quarterback and he's still keeping his team afloat he's never had under a 500 record. We're, we're going to act like he wasn't keeping the team afloat with C.J. Berthard and Nick Mullins last year? And that you know what? Fair enough. They were, they were they competitive. Still, they were not really though. They like competitive to a degree. I mean, you but, you praise the Detroit Lions for being competitive. See, so but don't also do that. another thing that we <laughs> go, very good point. Don't like that being said, the run game has also been very inconsistent. Raheem Mostert is out for the season. Okay, again, Jeff Wilson was a beast last season. True. He's also hurt. Raheem Mostert in and out of the lineup. The Obviously, he's destroyed. out for the season. Elijah Mitchell, another one in and out of the lineup. But when he plays, he's been pretty solid. When your run game and your number one receiver and Kittle aren't the same, and they've We've been hurt. We've seen teams but destroyed with I, injuries and still find, find exactly. a way. Exactly. We've seen great coaches exactly. do it. Mike Tomlin has done it time and time again. Every single maybe, season. Okay, so maybe he's not as great as them, but I think he's still a great coach. I, no, I think he's a solid. Well, what's a, a solid, great coach? Is a great coach a top five, top ten coach top in the 10. NFL? I think top ten. I don't know if he's top. I don't think Kyle Shannon is a top ten coach in the NFL. He's that's, not. That's tough, man. Matt LaFleur is okay. better. Okay. Mike Tomlin is better. LaFleur is debatable. He has Rodgers. We need to take that into account. Because let's LaFleur be honest, is better. But let's, hold on. Give me a second. Rogers. I have an argument for this one. Last season, who lost them that NFC Championship game? I don't think it was LaFleur. I'm sorry. That play call at the end of the game was terrible. I don't think it was LaFleur. LaFleur is the one that called that play. Rodgers wanted to go for it. I get it. But I think he was just being conservative. But at the same time, in a playoff game, exactly, bro, in a playoff game. But let me also say this: it's it's so. The question is: is he a top ten coach? I think. He okay, is. and so let's I go have, down. Go okay. down. Okay, Cliff Kingsbury, debatable. That was who I was going to say, but it's too early. I feel like Kyle Shannon has Definitely the success has already. John Harbaugh. I'm taking John. John. That's one. Yes. Sean McDermott, Bills coach. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's two. Kevin Stefanski, Browns coach. No. Debatable. I do think it's debatable too, but I won't put him there. But yeah, I think it's I want, debatable. I confirms. Matt Lafleur. No. Debatable. debatable I'll put him at yes. Lafleur. Whatever. Whatever. Um, Frank Reich. Yes. Colts coach. I think yes. Yeah, you got to. So you're telling me Frank Reich is better, but Matt LaFleur isn't? But Frank, it's easy to say Rogers. that when you have Aaron Rodgers. He had Philip Rivers bro. last right. season. And he had all right. success. All right. All right. All right. Sean Payton. <laughs> That's four. See, stop. I, stop. I'm, lo- I'm not that high on Sean. Andy Reid. Obviously. Yeah. That's five. Bill Sean McVay. Yeah. Hell That's yeah. six. Bill Belichick. Now, question. Question. That's seven. I have a question. What's the difference between Shanahan and McVay? What's the difference? Shanahan's better. <laughs> That's the difference. So there you go. What? what? You Someone. said to me, 
McVeigh's better than Shanahan, correct? Yeah. No, but you just... I'm sorry, then you must have misheard what I said. I did. I said, what's the difference between Shanahan and McVeigh? You just said Shanahan's better. No, I said McVeigh's better. No, you, you must have misspoke, which is fine. I'm cool with that. I said Shanahan was better? Yes, you did. Accidentally. I think I said McVeigh was better. I promise you, you said Shanahan's better. Shanahan. But it's all right. meant to which, say Yes, McVeigh. exactly, which is what I understand. That being said, is he really that much better we saw that Super Bowl run. He got absolutely outcoached by obviously the greatest of all time, which I'm but not. Jared gonna... Goff is quarterback. Oh, so that's where we're going. Exactly. So what? Why we're gonna not give him uh, the benefit of the doubt with Jimmy G, Jimmy and, G Trey and Trey Lance, and CJ Berthard and Nick Mullins? Well, the difference is that Sean McVay, even after losing in that Super Bowl, for one, he admitted he got outcoached. So I respect. And him Todd for that. Gurley played an integral role in that, obviously, and was injured though. True, and, and then and then C.J. Anderson came in and, and uh, had yeah, similar success. Sean McVay was able to get a guy off the street and have <laughs> 150 <laughs> yards rushing. C.J. Anderson wasn't a scrub. But he, he literally uh, but was coming off not point. playing. Correct. Very next year, the Rams go 9-7. and seven. They missed the playoffs, I believe, but they go 9-7. and seven. But McVay has a winning record as a coach. So he's had a better I, roster. I need, mm, he's had I a better know. roster. He has the best defensive player, arguably, ever. Now he has... who Whose front four is better, San Francisco or the Rams? Are we talking healthy? Or are we collective. Talking, as a collective. Are we talking collective, healthy? healthy 49ers. 49ers right now are healthy, though. Their defensive front is healthy. But last season, they weren't healthy. Okay. This season. The one year. Up and down and then season. they've had both their quarterbacks missing time or interchangeable. And okay, so we really have win. seven. Then Mike Tomlin. I'm, I'm giving you Mike Tomlin. I'm giving yeah. you Sean. Okay, McVay. Mike Tomlin is eight. Bruce Arians. I'll give you Bruce. Got him. That's nine. And Ron Rivera or Mike Vrabel. Those are the big Pete Carroll. Oh, yeah. No, he's not top 10. You got it. He's not top 10. But he's there. He's right there. Pete Carroll is another one that makes interesting decisions. A lot of them. But Pete Carroll has won championships. He has, but he got backpacked by arguably the best defense ever, too. That he was there for. He drafted. I'll give you that, for sure. That's tough. It's so, Kyle, so Kyle Shanahan is not a top 10 coach, he's top which 15, means though. he's not a great coach. But, but you put LaFleur over him, which I was, I'm was i questionable no, he on. Didn't LaFleur in I, 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 didn't put, did. I didn't put LaFleur. I didn't put. I didn't put. So you put, put McVay over him, which is So these are, so back to what we were saying. Yeah. We think, well, the question is, is Kyle Shanahan a top 10 coach? And we named Bill Belichick. Is that the question? Yeah. Is Kyle Shanahan a top 10 coach? We talked about, over the, the real question was, is he overrated? But we did this ourselves. So, I don't think he is because you have John Harbaugh, Sean McDermott, Kevin Stefanski, I think is better. Matt LaFleur, even though you guys don't think he's better, I think he is, but I won't put him in there. You, We all agreed on Frank Reich that he's better than Shanahan. That's four. Andy Reid is five. Sean McVay is six. Mike Tomlin. Yeah, Mike Tomlin is seven. Sean Pete Payton Carroll. is eight. Bill Belichick is nine. Pete, Pete Carroll is ten. And then Ron Vera, Mike Vrabel are like debatables. debatables. Yeah, we have like four debatables. Vrabel's an excellent coach. Yeah, so there and he I the Titans have had a too. have had a winning record ever since he's been. I might there. say Vrabel's better. Yeah, so Cal Shannon is not a top ten coach in the NFL. We can say that he's overrated. Okay, that's fair. He's an overrated coach. You but said you put Pete Carroll in that overrated that in the sense where people too? over. I would put Pete Carroll over. Him. Overrated know, in man. the sense where people think know. he's great when he's not great. I think, like I said before, I think people. Matt Lafleur is what people think Kyle Shanahan is. Okay. So wait, so but let me ask you then: Do you think if they switch spots, Green Bay would be just as successful with Kyle Shanahan? Shit, that's a great question. I think they would be. <laughs> so that's a great question. Then do you think Matt Lafleur would make take this team farther than what Shanahan? Bro, has? Imagine Shanahan with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. 
<laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Bro. that's a tough. But like, I think Matt Lafleur, man, he he got. I can't. He has you know what? A lot of credit. Man. I, I, yeah, to, yeah, I, I have to give him some credit. He has too. the most wins for a coach in his first three seasons with an organization. Yeah, that's fair. I'll give him his. I'll give him his credit because obviously, prior to Lafleur coming in, Aaron Rodgers and and the Green Bay Packers were a mediocre eight and eight team or around that. McCarthy was was holding uh, Aaron Rodgers back to a degree. I got to give my boy Joe Dell some credit here. He made some very valid points. Lafleur came in. And Rodgers became an MVP. That's so true. I'll give him. I'll get. I got to give Lafleur his credit there. But at the same time, Rodgers was an MVP with McCarthy, though. Yes, he was. But the team McCarthy was better. did hold him back. Okay. He did. And plus, but he you don't allowed, know. He opened up the playbook for Aaron Rodgers. And also, not only that, but you don't know that if Kyle Shanahan goes to Green Bay, they become more run heavy, like they have been in San Fran. And Rodgers doesn't have as much opportunity. I don't know. It's a toss up. But I just think, you know, Shanahan. We can agree that has become an overrated coach. At this point in time, I mean. I'm, you got to give him a little bit of the blame for sure because we've seen, obviously, Coach win more games with less. But at the same time, they kind of don't have the most right now. Their secondary is terrible. Uh, their pass rush is really good. I do. I will give them that. They lost that. their best corner early in the season. Their, right. line, their linebacking core is also solid, but at the same time, without George Kittle, who obviously is an impact player. You have all of your points are valid. Yeah. But this is where I start to disagree. He drafted Brandon Ayuk in the first round. And Ayuk he's was great not, last season. Yeah, and he's not using Ayuk. I, yep, I, yeah, but at the I, same I time, is Ayuk really worthy of uh, opportunity I, right now? I, I think he right is. Now. Yes, right now. I think he's a good player. I think he's a solid ball player I too. I think but right Shanahan now, is holding him back. But did he not draft Debo? He drafted Debo, yep. That, was, Debo I, that was an excellent pick. I'm not gonna, did he I draft will, Nick Bosa? Yeah. So he's had some good... But you can't miss on Nick Bosa. That's fair. You can't. At the same time, the way that they used... Ayuk last season was how they were using Debo Samuel before this season. Because this season is just a whole different way of they're using Debo. And obviously, we've seen it have the most success. But even prior to that, Debo was having really good success the way they were running him. But that being said, it led him to have injury. Now, the way that they're running is obviously more effective. But why not have Ayuk play that Debo Samuel role that they had in the past? I just want to ask you this. You said that maybe Ayuk is not deserving of the opportunities right now. Muhammad Sanu's playing over him. I don't think Muhammad Sanu's better. Not at all. That being said, Mohamed Sanu, you can rely on him to catch the ball. Ayuk's issue right now is that he's... he's They're playing little, another receiver over Ayuk. I don't even know his name. I couldn't... Do, are they playing another one? I couldn't tell you. Sherfield. <laughs> they are playing him over Ayuk, and that's a little bit egregious. But Ayuk's come out and said it himself. He's not... He's, what is he supposed to say? I mean... Is he supposed to say, <laughs> I know I'm good enough to be a starter, Anthony, but Shanahan's not letting Anthony, me start? Anthony Miller, who obviously is not on Ayuk's level... Came out and said, I need more opportunities. Get me off the team. Mm. So what you're going to say that you're not, you're, you're, if you're not playing well, are you going to lie and say that you deserve to play what better? Or you, you I deserve think, to play I more, think, excuse me? I think it depends because Anthony Miller is probably just a stand-up guy. Like, yo, I don't care what the consequences of what I say are. I'm just going to say it. And they're going to get me out of here. Ayuk is probably like I'm going to keep it political and I'm going to keep my reputation in. Which I can I can be I can understand that for sure. But I'm just saying I've seen people that are definitely not as talented as Ayuk come more spicy. I agree, but I think that Kyle Shanahan has a lot of blame in not finding a quarterback in Fair five enough. years. That's a good point. Not using his first round wide receiver in Brandon Ayuk, and he doesn't have a winning record as a head coach. Yep. We've seen coaches in the past, even with injured teams like Mike Tomlin, has had multiple times still have winning records. Matt LaFleur has the most wins for a coach in his first three seasons with an organization in history, like in his first something games. Matt LaF like, I don't know, man. I think it's time that we've run out of excuses for Kyle Shanahan. Now, in no way, shape, or form is he 
Matt Nagy. No. Matt Nagy just he's at least ab- good. He's abysmal. He's keeping this team afloat. Come on, respect. Man. <laughs> he's keeping them afloat. Three and three with De- this defense, team. Defense. Three and four. It's the defense, bro. Bro, this team know is it's sorry. A, it's the defense. But with the offensive line, and you know you've made some solid points about him not being able to read pressure, which is true. Justin Fields' issue is that the run game, even with Khalil Herbert coming in, has still been effective. Look, Khalil Herbert is good, though. Against Khalil, Tampa Khalil Bay, Herbert is good, I'm though. not going to say you're wrong because he definitely good. is. He, he's a wrecking 100 ball. yards against Tampa Bay. Can we look up the last time? Obviously, I'm just speaking rhetorically. When was the last time anyone rushed for over 100 on Tampa Bay? Was it CMC? Yeah, but also Tampa Bay, like, you know, the game was a blowout. You had more open lanes. Definitely, but it's been not just one game. It's been pretty consistent. The run game's I been I think solid. Herbert is good, but I don't think Matt Nagy's a good coach, bro. Often, even offensive play He's not as on. bad as what you're letting off because he's keeping this team that really has minimal talent. I think it's just because of the defense. That's why. It's it, it's I mean, the, the defense. defense really isn't doing anything spectacular. They just let up how many points to Tampa Bay? It's Tampa Bay. Yeah, but they also... Fair, fair. 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 But 35-3. to three. It's Tampa Bay, bro. Ugh, I don't and know. Fields turned the ball over. OD. Like, he what do you, what do you expect the defense to do? That's fair. So that's going to do it for episode 125 of the Pick Aside Podcast. If you are on our YouTube live stream, stay tuned. We I'm are going to take right in now. some callers, but for the audio version, this is it. So thank you guys for listening or watching. You guys can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Pickaside Podcast, on Twitter at Pickaside Pod, and we'll see you next time.